Blog Talk Radio. can't believe we did that. We've been muted the whole time. Oh, wow. Guys, I do apologize. Wow, we're going to have to start over. Come Sorry on. about that. All right, football fans, this is Straight Football Talk. I am your host, Teddy the Bear Tate. Alongside of me is Big D, Dallas Duke Club. How y'all doing? We want to remind everyone that we want you to be a part of the conversation, so please call 718-508-9883 or like our Straight Football Talk uh, Facebook page and watch our live video and comment on our live video. Feel free to follow us on Twitter. We Instagram will, and Instagram, we will uh, we will be happy to answer questions, comments there as well. Big D, we got a lot of uh, stuff to talk about. Let's get started. Let's start this NFL week, uh, NFL buzz this week with fun headlines. D'Angelo Williams made headlines this week by trolling the Dallas Cowboys and their fan base and refusing to play for the franchise. And I quote, "My fandom for the team I was raised on will not allow me to go to the Cowboys. I am an '80s baby, and the 49ers ruled in the '80s. The Cowboys somewhat did something in the '90s." I even refused to give them that. Williams went on to say, the Cowboys, they win. They just don't show up during the playoffs. They disappear in the playoffs. I've got a great depiction of the Cowboys fan base. During the regular season last year, they were on cloud nine. You couldn't tell them anything because they were going to win the ship. That's all they said. Fans just got extremely super annoying. Then the minute they lose, they either got cheated, somebody was hurt, the excuses started flowing. It's just amazing to me. The fan base, just in general, can't handle defeat still to this day. They say the Des Bryant catch against the Green Bay Packers was a catch. It wasn't, guys. <laughs> just, just calm down. It's fine. It's okay to lose to me. Williams also let his voice be heard on three other teams that refuses to play for. Those teams are the Carolina Panthers. He wanted X's to stay X's. Um, yes. Uh, the Jaguars and the Cleveland Browns. And then decided to throw some bombs on the Jaguars, too, by saying, I can't think of anything positive about that organization outside of the fact that they have pools in the stadium. It will be interesting to see what team does call D'Angelo Williams and how he will fit the team system. Maybe returning to the Steelers is an option. Maybe the Ravens. Yeah, there's a couple of teams there. Uh, Niners are definitely on the board. A couple, couple of teams out there. Speaking of the Steelers, Martavis Bryant wants to have a man-to-man talk with Big Ben. Reason being is that Big Ben came out and was critical of Bryant being suspended all of last year as he should have been. But that didn't sit well with Bryant. It would now like to make amends between the two and says, and I quote, 
I feel like we need to, we should have a man-to-man because of the things he put out there about me. I kind of don't agree with how he did it, so I want to sit down and hear his own opinion, man-to-man, about why he did that. Bryant goes on saying, I mean, at that time I was going through a lot of stuff. I wasn't really worried about his opinion at that time because there was just a lot of uh, that was going on. He's my brother. I love him. But at the same time, I have my own family outside of football. I have my own problems. I'm not going to just come up to you and open up to you about what's going on with my personal life. That's not how I am. We just didn't see eye to eye on that. But as far as right now, everything's great. We haven't had that sit-down talk yet. Hopefully we'll have it before the season starts. If not, that's fine. I'm still going to go out, perform, and do what I have to do to be the best teammate I can be. It will be crucial for the quarterback and wide receiver to make amends and clear the air so they don't have distractions heading into the season. You know, Ted, on one hand, I can kind of see Martavis Bryant's uh, perspective, but we also have to remember uh, that coming from Big Ben, Big Ben's the leader of that team, has has been for years now. Yep. Uh, and if Big Ben feels that it's a big concern, uh, not to well, play too much on it, but if he feels that it's a concern that you're having some off-field issues, uh, you know, here's Martavis Bryant. He's one of the go-to guys for Big Ben. He needs him on the field. Uh, you know, so it's, in my opinion, uh, in the best interest of both players and in the franchise that they both be able to just kind of move on past it. Well, I think they need to have a man-to-man, but I also, you know, Big Ben has a, a, a general gripe. He, he, he definitely has a gripe because – Martavis Bryant let the Steelers down last year due to drugs and was suspended all last year for. He wasn't there to help the team out. He was a big part of the team's success when he was a rookie. He needs to come back, perform, and show the team that he's committed to him. And, you know, Bryant, in my opinion, needs to be a lot more focused on yeah. on the field. He needs to mature. He needs, he needs to be a lot more focused about his performance on the field and delivering another chip to the Steelers. Yeah. I Yeah, and I mean – He's a big guy, a uh, big weapon for Big Ben. They need, you know, the Steelers could definitely use him. But, he, again, he's got to mature. He's got to get past this stuff. You know, the league is cracking down on this sort of thing. They really are. You think about, like, Josh Gordon or Justin Blackman, if Mar- Martavis Bryant doesn't clean his act up, it could happen to him. Good. <clears throat> Excuse me. Speaking of distractions, and this is one of our Homer moments oh, for the week. Big D, I hope you're about ready for the homer moment. Oh, I know ready. you like them. I know I'm you ready. Like them. Guys, guys, this guy's going to earn one heck of a dough. <laughs> All right. Wide receiver Michael Floyd will be suspended for the first four games of the season. A couple weeks ago, we had told you that Floyd had tested positive for alcohol in his system because of drinking Kambuka tea while being on probation. The judge sentenced uh, one day of jail time as well as finishing his five day, uh, final days of house arrest. Head coach Mike Zimmer was quoted, do I believe it? I don't know how much tea he drank. I have no clue. I don't have any doubt why there would be skepticism, but he told me that he wasn't drinking, that it was legit. Well, as of right now, Floyd is not doing any favors for the Vikings, and we'll have to see if they decide to keep him or let him go. The Vikings do need help at wide receiver, but they also do not need these type of distractions Big D, come on, Floyd, come on. Go! How are you going to do it like that, Floyd? Give him another one. You know what? That's a double dip for you. Go! What are you doing? What are you doing out there? <laughs> get back up. Get, get, get it together. Get it together. That does end our NFL buzz for this week. Not a lot going on. Kind of like the, you know, the 
almost season. You know what I mean? It's still the off season, but we're getting closer. There's training camps going on. Not a lot of buzz going on. But we're going to bring stuff to you guys. I know Johnny Football was also talking about coming back, maybe. Oh, Johnny, just stay home. <laughs> stay home, Johnny. Give Johnny a foot. Give Johnny a dough. Johnny, Johnny. Johnny. Johnny Football anymore. <laughs> just stay home. But again, guys, if you want to be a part of the conversation, dial 718-508-9883. Be a part of it. Like our Straight Football Talk uh, Facebook page. Get on Twitter. Like us there or follow us, really. Uh, Instagram, follow us on that as well. We want to hear from you guys. We want to hear your opinions, even if they don't agree with ours. Yep. Even if you think Big Ben Roethlisberger is being a total douchebag, we want to hear from you. All right, moving on. One of our good buddies, Broncos fan, Josh Brown, joined hey. us. So, hey. Josh, how you doing? Glad to see you on our Facebook, Josh. We're going to start with the Denver Broncos draft recap. You ready, Big D? I'm ready. I'm all set. Let's, Let's start it. Thing. Garrett Bowles, offensive tackle, Utah, round one, pick 20. Last year, Trevor Simeon was sacked 31 times, which is about right in the middle of the number of times a quarterback got sacked yeah. um, for the 2016 season. Unless you're the L.A. Rams. Then you give up 49 sacks. <laughs> now, we cannot forget that Paxton Lynch also played through for three games and was sacked, drum roll, nine times. Nine times. And he only so, played three games. That's three sacks a game. Come on, man. So let's combine those numbers. And we're looking at 40 sacks a lot for the 2016 season, which ties for the fifth most for an offensive line to allow. Enter the Broncos' first-round pick, Garrett Bowles. If you're not sure who we're talking about and you've watched the first round of the draft, this is the guy that brought his son up on stage with him, which, in my opinion, in all honesty, was a great moment to see. That was, that was awesome. It was, it was a little heartwarming moment. Well, yeah. A little cheesy, but, you know, <laughs> sometimes the cheddar is good. The cheddar is good. Athletic offensive lineman, along with great footwork, has one-year experience in a Power 5 conference. People are talking about him needing to bulk up, but with the lack of experience, also didn't give him much time to fill that frame. Yeah. Um, trust me when I say that these NFL training staffs will have him bulked up and ready to rock. They, these guys are trained for this. And, and, this, and you know, guys, there's, there's, some, there's some definite positives uh, to Garrett Bowles. 6'5", you know, 297 pounds. Absolutely. Um, he's a big boy. He, he's been eating his Wheaties. He's a yeah. big fella. Um, but what really impresses me the most with this guy is his motor. He, yeah. he runs a 4.9, yeah, which is pretty impressive. He's, a, he's for athletic for sure. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. He's got a heck of a vertical jump, too, 28 inches. You know, and it's good that the Broncos realize that in order to have their quarterback score points, he has to not be on his back. You know, it's crazy, but <laughs> I, you know, it's crazy. But I keep on saying it. Guys, if you use this, you, you owe me a quarter. Pay the big boys. The big bucks. And you it looks to. like Denver has taken my words to heart. Denver, I want to see some checks. Yes. I, they're paying the big boys the big bucks. I'm a big boy, too. I want some of that money. They addressed their offensive line issue in the first round. It's a smart move. It's not sexy, but it's a smart one. Smart move. Yeah, I agree. Now, I like it. this next guy, Demarcus Walker. We're doing something a little different with, with this guy because uh, – and I talked to you about this a couple of days yeah, ago, yeah, and you liked the idea. We, we really, I, I did like this idea. I, I, I think we'll what we're going to be – actually, this way, we're going to talk. Even without Walker, this Broncos defense was still going to produce and help them win games. But you have to keep reloading, stay young, stay fresh, and the Broncos did just that. In my opinion, this pick is a bit underrated. And, yes, I'm saying that about a second-round draft pick. I'm going to do something with DeMarcus Walker that I haven't done on this show before, and that's put Walker up head-to-head 
with a first-round selection that has this, that is in the same uh, position. Oh, yeah. Another defensive end guy that was picked in the first round. No, it's not Miles Garrett. Just throw that out there. Not Miles Garrett. I would like to remind everyone that this is coming from a no bias, no BS point of view, because it's going to matter here in a minute because of who I report for college football. What we'll be doing is compare stats and the measurables of both prospects and see how they stack against each other and who is the better prospect because nothing is certain, but let's see who has the better resume. That's yeah. what we're looking at. And, guys, we're going to be talking about Taco Charleston. <laughs> just, just throwing that out there. First round, defensive end, and the hype for Taco was real. Yeah. The hype um, was real. Introducing our, our challenging prospect, who is Taco Charleston, defensive end, from the University of Michigan and was selected by the Dallas Cowboys with the 28th pick in the first round. In 2016, Taco had 20 solo sacks, where DeMarcus had 45 solo sacks or tackles. They're tackles. Taco had yep. 20 tackles. Yeah. DeMarcus had uh, 45 tackles. Yes, Taco had 13 and a half tackles for loss. DeMarcus had 19 and a half tackles for loss. Taco had 10 sacks. DeMarcus had 16, yep. which tied second in the FBS. For his entire career, Taco only had one forced fumble. DeMarcus in 2016 alone had three forced fumbles. Seven on his career, by exactly. the way. Exactly. DeMarcus had a whole, for his whole career had seven forced fumbles. Are you kidding me? And, you know, one of the things that I really like about this pick is the fact that he has 41 and a half TFLs. He yeah. had 41 and a half tackles for losses on his career. Absolutely. That tells you something about this guy. He is very aggressive. Yes. On the drill results, Taco ran a 4.92 in the 40-yard dash. DeMarcus ran an unofficial 4.76 40-yard dash. Unofficial because he didn't run it at the NFL Combine. Taco benched 25 reps, or DeMarcus put up 20. Taco had 116-inch broad jump. DeMarcus had a 115-inch broad jump, about the same. Taco's three-cone shuttle time was a 7.17 seconds, where DeMarcus had a 7.91. That's subpar. That averages around like a 7.7. Yeah. So seven nine, that's 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 subpar. It's below average. Now let's size them up literally. Taco stands six six. Demarcus stands six four. Yep, yep. Mark Demarcus Ta- is uh, two hundred eighty pounds. Yes, Taco weighs two seventy seven. Demarcus weighs two eighty. So again, the Taco's a little taller. A little bit. A little. A little lighter. A little lighter. Yeah. Not by much. Taco's arm length is thirty four and a quarter of an inch. DeMarcus has an arm length of 33 inches. And finally, Taco's hand size is nine and three quarters of an inch. DeMarcus' hand size is ten and a half inches. Something we didn't something you didn't bring up and something I really like about this pick. He has eight pass deflections. Yeah. For a defensive big end. Big hands, big arms. For a defensive end to be able to get up there and get eight pass deflections, you gotta be excited about that. Oh, this yeah. is an incredibly he, aggressive defensive player. Yeah. If he doesn't get you with a sack, he's gonna swat your pass down. Absolutely. And that is an intangible that a lot of defensive ends and defensive tackles just don't have coming out of college. That's, that's something that's usually got to be taught. Oh, yeah. Both athletes made first-team all-conference. Where DeMarcus dominated on tape and technique, Taco made up for in his three-cone drill and footwork and putting up more bench reps. So the question is, when you look at all this information, who had the better draft pick selection? I personally am a firm believer in game footage. Typically, what you see is what you get. Another thing I am considering is the value of both picks. 
The Broncos got a guy who put up much higher numbers on the field, and they got him at pick 19 in the second round. To me, there is no question at this time, looking at it on paper, the Broncos got the better deal in getting a defensive end prospect. So what does that mean for Walker and the Broncos? Well, the Broncos get a guy with good technique, and that has a knack of getting in the backfield and causing disruption and havoc and will more than likely have a fresh young talented starter from day one. Yeah, you know, I really like this pickup for uh, for Denver. Yeah. And the major reason why I like it is because they already have a very aggressive defensive Absolutely. style. Uh, and he is just going to be able to learn from these guys and, and add to it. And add to that, that pressure. Um, He's per- he, You know, it's, it's not every day that you draft a player that's absolutely perfect for your system, but this guy is yeah. perfect for their system. Yeah, he's, he's, he's going to play his butt off, and he's going to do it. And, again, look at, look at Josh Brown, Broncos fan. He said, let's go, triple exclamation yeah. part. He's yeah. ready to rock on oh, that. Somebody's really excited. Yes, I would be, too. That's a great pickup. That's a great pickup, but this next one. This it's another great this one. This next one I, I like even more. Carlos Henderson, wide receiver out of Louisiana Tech, round three, pick 18. So not only did the Broncos get some help in pass protection in this draft, but they uh, excuse me, have now also gave their uh, quarterback potentially another weapon to throw to and a weapon on special teams. Being named Conference USA's Player of the Year in 2016 for catching 82 catches for 1,535 yards and 19 touchdowns, which tied for the most in 2016 with Corey Davis. also had two returns for touchdowns on his career yes and in case you guys didn't do the math there for a second for 90 80, 82 uh catches 19 touchdowns that's a touchdown every fourth reception are you kidding me yeah and guys if you didn't get the chance to see this guy's game footage i actually did get to see him play in one of his games last year who did he uh, play against that you watched Texas Tech. absolutely i knew and it guys, I knew guys it uh this kid's for real you may you may think he's undersized at five eleven, but he's got a heck of a vertical leap, and he yes. is a he is a natural athlete. Yes, uh, he has got a great great motor, and he's got great jumping. He's getting just he can jump like no other. He jumped over defenders <laughs> into the end zone in that game. So well, he impressive. wasn't also named Conference USA Player of the Year just for his receiving. He did for with the special teams too, like Good. you mentioned earlier. He returned twenty five kickoffs. 805 yards, averaging 32.2 yards a return, and had two scores with that. He's got a little under 3,000 yards career. That's, that's, that's good. That's great production. Henderson comes into a nice situation as well. He has the opportunity to make an impact on not only special teams, but he can make an impact on this offense as well. He will at least sit behind Demarius Thomas and Emmanuel Sanders and could possibly get a starting role on this offense and potentially have him in the slot. With the production he had, that could really help the Broncos off. And something else, that can, one thing we didn't bring up, is that Carlos Henderson actually thrived when getting catches in the backfield. Right. Uh, he's got, a, he's got great, a great first step yeah. coming out of the backfield, uh, which is one of the reasons why he also ran the ball. And he did so successfully for three rushing touchdowns as well. Yeah. Uh, so expect that Carlos Henderson might get a couple snaps. He, he's he's going to be on this offense. There's no, uh, there's no question in my he, mind. He's a very versatile pick, and it's it's one of the reasons why I like him so much. He's kind of a do-it-all guy. You know, yep. we talk about do-it-all backs. This is a do-it-all receiver. Yeah, for sure. Next pick. I'll be honest with you. It's another homer moment. Oh. Another homer moment. 
I'm sorry, Josh Brown. I know you're a big Denver Broncos fan. I do not like this pick. Brandon Langley, cornerback from Lamar. From Lamar. Wow. Round three, pick 37. Gonna be a homer moment. We'll get we'll we'll give him the dough after. We'll give it to him wow. after. Langley started his collegiate career at Georgia as a cornerback recruit. They had him switch to wide receiver at one point and then switch back later on back to the cornerback position in the same season. You know what? Give Georgia a homer, though. You, you, know, you know, Georgia, what are you doing? Go! What are you doing out there? Come on. Come on now. You know better than that. You're in the SEC. You ought to know better. After his freshman and sophomore years and getting a combined five starts in between both seasons, Langley decided to transfer to Lamar to be able to play more um, for his junior year and senior year. He was able to play in 11 games, only was given three starts, and was only able to get 21 tackles, one interception of which uh, was for an 86-yard touchdown, and had 11 pass breakups. Now, he was a punt returner as well. He did return two punts for touchdowns yep. on his career. And he does have one rushing touchdown, oddly enough, with Lamar. 55-yard <laughs> touchdown, Bryce. During the uh, 2015 season, his junior year, he played wide receiver as well for four catches for 51 yards and a touchdown. In 2016, Langley made the most at becoming the starting guy, and according to NFL.com and Super Bowl uh, Nation Baltimore beatdown, in his final year, he got six interceptions, which tied third nationally. That was good. And he also was able to um, break up seven passes. On punt returns, he was able to return 21 punts for 245 yards and two touchdowns, earning him first-team All-Southland Conference. But he was in the Southland Conference. Yes. Staying on the positive side, he is standing at 6 foot, 201 pounds, and has 32-inch arm length. He's got some long arms. He's got some long arms, but he's going to be riding a lot of bench. As well as as running a 4.43 40-yard dash and putting up 22 bench reps for a cornerback. That's big. Yeah, well, that's, that's the only positive I'm seeing here. On the negative side, Experts are saying he's still learning the game, and his coaches in Georgia flip-flopping him all that time didn't help him either. He is still raw. His technique and press coverage is poor. Very disappointing in one-on-one reps during the senior bowl. I think what gets me with this pick is that he was projected from most sources to go between rounds five and six, and he was selected in the third. Therefore, I would have waited at least one more round to grab him. And, you know, the other thing, Ted, this is Denver we're talking about. Yeah. Very ferocious defense. They could have waited on this. Yeah. Oh, yeah, they could have waited. You know, but something encouraging, we'll go back to something encouraging for Langley, is that he will get to learn from Aqib Tlaib, Chris Harris, and Bradley Roby. That is something encouraging. That is is some encouragement there. Moving on. Another pick that I like for the Denver Broncos. Man, I I feel bad for this kid for his last name, but Jake Butt. It is spelled like butt, like your rear end. Tight end, University of Michigan, round five, pick one. Again, guys, no bias, no BS, folks, you here on this show. I'm a Buckeye fan, but this is what – He's a this, big boy. I mean, since this is no bias, no BS, folder, it's exactly why I'm okay with saying that this is one of my favorite picks for the Broncos. Ever since Julius Thomas left the Broncos, Titans have been underwhelmed are all underwhelming, and they have been needing a guy to produce for them. And why not get one of the most reliable tight ends in college football from last season? Last year, he got 46 passes for 546 receiving yards, averaging 11.9 yards per catch and four touchdowns. Both his junior and senior year, but was Big Ten Conference tight end of the year, and last year was named first-team All-American and was awarded the John Mackey Award 
as the nation's best tight end. So now some may be asking, he was college football's best tight end and he got drafted in the fifth round? How did that happen? Well, during the Citrus Bowl against Florida State, but suffered a torn right ACL, thus plummet, uh, having him plummet uh, for being a first to second, the third round tight end, now down to a fifth round. He would need to work on his blocking, and he's a 6'5", 246-pound guy. The coaching staff should be able to do that. They should be able to teach him some blocking. Yeah, for sure. I do believe Jake can become an elite tight end, and at minimum, I believe he will be a solid starter for the Broncos. You know, I think, I think if uh, if they get the blocking situation handled, he could he could be a real. <laughs> um, they got they've got a real quarterback issue in in Denver right now. But once they get that sorted out, they're going to need all the help they can get. Absolutely, they're gonna need as many weapons as possible, and it always helps to have the safety valve at tight end. Absolutely, absolutely. Moving on from Mr. Butt, Isaiah McKenzie, wide receiver, Georgia, round five, pick twenty nine. Denver selects yet another wide receiver in this draft, this one being able to score a touchdown every seventh time he touched the ball. His receiving stats last year are 44 receptions for uh, 633 yards for an average of 14.4 yards a catch. That's not bad. And, of course, the seven touchdowns. On special teams, he returned 23 punts for 245 yards, averaging 10.7 yards and a touchdown. Like I would mentioned before when talking about Carlos Henderson, McKenzie will be behind Demarius Thomas, Emmanuel Sanders, and I believe it, Carlos Henderson as well. And he will have an uphill battle to climb um, to make a roster spot, you know, to be a starting wide receiver. But I don't like his chances. Yeah, but one thing he has going for him, like Henderson, is being able to make an impact on special teams. And we have seen plenty of players start out on special teams and end up with the starting role after excelling on special teams. Something that will be hard for McKenzie to overcome is his size. Standing at 5'7", 173 pounds, that's tiny. He will have a hard time being able to beat physical cornerbacks, especially when arm tackles are, can easily bring him down. There's game footage on it. Look it up. In order for McKenzie to make plays, Denver will need to utilize his quickness. In order to get mismatches, McKenzie will need to break away from the defender. He's got, they've got to give him the good mismatches for him. I, to I, I, you know, this is one of those picks where I was kind of scratching my head. Uh, he's an undersized receiver. And, and they already got it. And, and they've one. got a pretty good production rate right now with the receivers they have. And well, I mean, they, they already drafted a good one. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Uh, and the other thing that really puzzles me on this is I've seen footage of this guy. I mean, he gets jammed at the line by corners right. so easily. Uh, <clears throat> you cannot be an effective receiver in the NFL if you can't get past that jam right. at the line. Right. And you know, I don't care how fast you are. If you if you get if you get jammed to the line and you can't go past your guy because <laughs> you're 173 pounds, that's right. going to be a problem. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, so they're really – he's going to have to put in the work. Can, can he make the team? Yes, but he's going to have to put in a lot of work. You know, and I, I really do believe he's going to be a special teams guy. Yeah. I really do. Yeah. I think, you know, they're going to try to get him in some open space. You know, that was that's another thing I wanted to bring up is, um, you know, we talk about addressing needs. One area that uh, Denver struggled in last year was kickoffs and punt returns. They so, had a lot of fumbles. They had a lot of fumbles on that side of the ball. In addition to that, they had some of the worst field position really, on offense. So so it's clear that they wanted to try to address that issue. This, this, could, this, this could be why they drafted both of them. Next pick, D'Angelo Henderson, running back, Coastal Carolina, round six, pick 19. In 2016, the running back had missed three games due to a shoulder injury. And despite missing those three games, 
He set the Division I record for scoring in 35 straight games. Last year, Henderson, in nine games, rushed for um, 183 times, excuse me, for 1,156 yards, averaging 6.3 yards a carry and 16 touchdowns. He needs to work on his patience between the tackles. He can be a little inconsistent and needs to work on his pass protection. He's undersized at 5'7", 208 uh, pounds, but his lower body but has has the lower body strength. He's got the he's got the thighs. He's got the legs. He has balance and power to be able to compete for a roster spot. Not to mention that the two top two running backs for the Broncos, Jamal Charles and C.J. Anderson, are injury prone and may be one of the ways Henderson makes this roster. Not so fast, Ed. Not so fast. <laughs> because there's something we didn't bring up. This guy runs a four four forty. All right. He mm-hmm. is very quick. He. This guy piled up 4,635 yards over his career uh-huh. and 58 rushing touchdowns. But that's not all. He finished with just under 1,000 receiving yards, and he's got six touchdown catches. This is an incredibly productive player, and I think this was a sneaky pick. You think it was a sneaky part. pick? I think this is a sneaky pick for Denver. I know that he has had the issues with the shoulder injury, and mm-hmm. that was why a lot of people shied away from him. But this guy has potential to be a real playmaker for that for that for a run game that struggled. I, th- I think what I think the problem I'm having with it is the fact that they have Jamal Charles and C.J. Anderson, who, when healthy, is good. They're good running backs. Right. They and are. I think in order for him to make the roster and get us get a chance at you know a carry, they've got to get injured, which could happen because they both are injured. Well, you know, here's another thing. You got to wonder uh, if Denver is planning on. On, on getting him to take more pressure off these quarterbacks. Could be. Well, he doesn't. He's not good at pass protection. Well, I'm, I mean, running the ball. And running the ball. Gotcha. Uh, you know, Jamal Charles and C.J. Henderson. They're not. They're not getting any younger. Well, that's very true. Uh, they're not getting any younger. This seems like a plan for the future. Uh, pick right here. I think this is a. It was actually one of my favorite picks for the Denver Broncos. Who one of your favorites? Because I think uh, honestly, this this you like the production. I like the production. <laughs> I like running backs that can score points. Mm-hmm. And Absolutely. One of, one of the other things I like is running backs that can run for a lot of yards. And this guy averaged just around 130 yards rushing a game. Right. Uh, if you can get 100, if this guy gets 100 yards per game in the NFL, he'll be fine. He's going to be just fine. <laughs> Moving on to Mr. Henderson. Last pick for the Denver Broncos, Chad Kelly, quarterback for Ole, from Ole Miss, round seven. Pick 35. Don't be fooled by Chad Kelly's draft selection, uh, where he was drafted, and label as Mr. Irrelevant. He was the last pick of the draft, therefore he's Mr. Irrelevant. Mr. Irrelevant. Chad has most of the arm talent uh, as any other quarterback in this draft class. In 2015, Kelly's best year, he had 298 completions out of 458 attempts, giving Kelly a 65.1 completion percentage for 4,042 yards, 31 touchdowns, and 13 interceptions. In that same year, he brought a Sugar Bowl victory as well as Sugar Bowl MVP. And beating Alabama, Auburn, and LSU in the same year for the first time in school history. Yeah. That's impressive. Yeah. Uh, His senior year, he had a dip in production, part of which was due to a right ACL injury. When he played against uh, Georgia Georgia Southern, that's when he got injured is that game. Uh, at the time, Kelly was leading the SEC and threw for 2,758 yards, 19 touchdowns, and eight interceptions. On top of that, 
Kelly finished his Rebel career with 6,800 passing yards in 22 games, which happens to be third in Ole Miss history behind Bo Wallace and Eli Manning. And with, guys, he threw for 50 touchdowns. Yeah, I mean, he's got the production there. With Trevor Simeon underwhelming and Paxton Lynch not playing up to his first-round draft hype, the nephew of, of Hall of Fame quarterback Jim Kelly will more than likely make the roster and eventually may move up in the ranks at the quarterback position. As long as the Broncos can keep his character on and off the field in check. But, I mean, when it's the last pick of the draft, what do you have to lose? Yeah, you know, this, that, that's a very good point. But one of the things that we've talked about again and again, and it seems to have been coming up a lot more lately, especially with some of these bonehead moves, we're saying boneheads, guys. Come on, don't, don't be boneheads. Yep, don't be, be boneheads. Uh, have know, good character. You know, he's going to have the opportunity to have a solid uh, coach that's going to be holding him accountable at Denver. Uh, so that's good. And, of course, he's going to have uh, in, in the office to talk to should should he need to talk to right. somebody, he's going to have Don Elway to talk to. Absolutely, and that's a that's, and that uh, is, Kelly's yeah, friend. Yeah, you know that uh, in and of itself could be huge for um, this young man. Awesome, awesome comment on here about Demarcus Walker, Denver Broncos second round pick that we talked about earlier. Oh. Um, his only knock against him was the experts questioning his motor. Let me tell you something. With that type of production and they're questioning his motor, I'm not questioning it. Let me tell you something. With as many give the experts a dough, guys. Come on now. Go! On ESPN. What are That's you doing? What, I want. what are you doing? Come on. ESPN, NFL, I don't care who it is. That mo- that guy has a motor. He's getting stuff done down in- – or he did get stuff done down in Florida This, guy, this guy's hustling. He's hustling. And he's a big boy. He's hustling for the money. Absolutely. So what I want to do now, again, is remind everybody, call a number 718-508-9883 or like our straight football talk page. Be a part of the conversation on the live video. But what we're going to do right now, I think we're going to go to commercial break, the big D. Um, and hopefully when we come back, we're going to have Ron Dixon on the phone. Yeah, I'm hoping. He's, yeah. he's supposed to be calling here in a couple minutes. Now, if he doesn't, we're going to keep rolling. Until he calls. Until he calls. Yeah. Um, he, did ta- he did talk to me yesterday. said he was going to call in, so I, I want to see, you know, yeah. got to have him call in. So you got that commercial lined up? Attention business owners, website owners, event promoters, or anyone looking to promote your product. The Totally Driven Entertainment Radio Network is the perfect way to spread the word of your business around the world. That's right. You can advertise at our network and be played on all of our shows at rates that are so cheap. It's a no-brainer. For more information, contact Bay Ragney at bayragney at gmail.com. To keep your business driven, stay driven with Totally Driven Entertainment. Are you a fan of Sherlock Holmes? Letters from Holmes offers unique, one-of-a-kind letters from the world-famous detective himself. Handwritten on 8.5-inch by 11-inch aged parchment paper and using smudge-free ink to produce original, high-quality letters that fans will treasure for years to come. Each letter is handcrafted and written from the perspective of Sherlock Holmes, mimicking Holmes's native tongue and embracing many of the famous detective's quirks, quips, insults and peculiarities. Order a love letter, birthday greeting, personal correspondence, or more only at www.etsy.com forward slash shop forward slash letters from homes. For $5 today, you can buy a wealth of things. Gas for your car, rent a movie for the family, a few slices of pizza. $5 still takes you a long ways. But did you know that $5 can buy your child a bag of heroin in the street? That's right. For only $5, your son or daughter can buy some of the cheapest and purest dope in the country. Be aware of the lie. 
be aware of this feeling. Be aware that's all it takes to kill your child. $5. This message was brought to you by Casey's Cause, a group of parents located in southern Chester County out to save your child's life. Come join us today at www.caseyscause.com. And remember, $5 is all it takes. Casey's Cause, www.caseyscause.com. Looking for that perfect gift for your girlfriend? Then look no further than Teddy Scares. Teddy Scares are available in a variety of styles, sizes, and prices for all your shopping needs. Teddy Scares are a mix of cute and creepy to make a great gift for almost any age. Board up your windows, lock your doors, and log on to teddyscares.com. And be sure to become our friends at facebook.com slash teddyscares. Calling all comic book fans. Do you collect comics? Did you ever collect comics? Do you think your children might like reading comic books? Do you even know they still print real, paper, non-digital comic books? Well, then visit the Pirates of Ontario Street Comics in Philadelphia. We have a massive collection of comic books, action figures, trading cards, and much more. We have one of the largest stocks of back-issue comics in the area. We bag and board every new comic book at no extra charge. Our stores voted the best comic book shop in the 2013 PHL 17 Hot List Contest. Part of the movie Unbreakable is filmed in our store. We are open seven days a week. Ontario Street Comics is located at 2235 East Ontario Street in the Port Richmond section of Philly. Our phone number is 215-288-7338. Type in the words Ontario Comics Philadelphia. We are back. We just want to, before we go to the caller, which we do believe is Ron Dixon, we want to say, we want to say real quick, uh, the Broncos draft recap uh, grade, what grade we gave uh, the Broncos for this uh, draft class. The, Bron- the Denver Broncos had a solid draft class and with some of their selections, looked to be able to reload for the future. They also made some smart, safe moves one in getting an offensive lineman in the first round, or how about getting one of college football's more productive defensive ends in the second round? Yeah. Another in getting productive tight end in the back half of the draft, and let us not forget that the Mr. Relevant pick may turn out to be a franchise player. He, he, he could. He could. There's, there's, there's potential there. What I don't like about the Broncos draft class is that in round three, they go and get a guy who is not only projected in rounds five to six, but is still so raw and an experience, as well as selecting yet another small wide receiver in the fifth round, where they had selected a more productive wide receiver and special teams player earlier in round three. What I would have liked to have seen for the Broncos, what what I'd like to have seen them done is draft, um, either address their offensive line again, oh, yeah. on top of what, you know, the Bulls, because they got sacked a lot last year, or get a running back. They get another running back, a guy that's yeah, and you know, there were there were so many good ones available. Still. This draft had a plus. A plus I one. mean, you look at Samaje Perine. Yeah, he's still on the board. Uh, still yeah. on the board. Jeremy McNichols. Yeah, still on the board. Connor James was still on the board. I mean, there was plenty of guys there that they could have got that were quality, which could have given them a better chance to you know getting somebody else in the sixth. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, instead of Henderson in the sixth round. Um, you know what? Big D, give him a give him a homer moment, man. We need a, we need another homer here. They had, they had some miscues there. I want I want to make sure we get these guys on track here. We got to give them the homer. They're getting it. They're gonna get it. They're gonna get it. Are you sure? Oh, I'm sure. Go, the boys, are getting it. Come on. 
All right. Before we move on to the Detroit Lions, again, we've got the caller on the line. We'll wait here a few minutes. Want to make sure we get to him. Go ahead, Big D. Yep. Caller, this is Straight Football Talk. I'm Teddy the Bear Tate. This is Big D. How are we doing today? All right, guys. How's it going? This is Ron Dixon. Hey, hey Ron. Mr. Dixon, how's welcome it going? to the show. Thank you. Thank you. We want to, first off, thank you for coming on the show, speaking with us. We greatly appreciate it. No problem. You want to go ahead and get started and answer a couple of football questions for us, Ron? Sure. Okay. You want to tee off first? Uh, absolutely. What was your draft experience like when you were drafted, and how does that experience differ from you guys being drafted today? I mean, the draft is so much different now uh, than, what it, than what it was even back when, you know, you were drafted in 2000. That was 17 right. years ago. And, I mean, you know, how, how, how does it differ? I mean, coming from a little small school the way I did, uh, not even being on the board in the beginning of the season, and then just shooting up in the draft class, you know, uh, it was a great experience for me simply, uh, you know, from where I come from. Um, but I remember, you know, just having my family being at home uh, and just kind of relaxing all day. I, um, uh, that Early that morning, a few teams called and asked where I was going to be. So, you know, it's almost like this dream was becoming real, you know, and, then, <laughs> right. you know, and the excitement of, you know, getting that phone call and, you know, seeing your name run across the bottom, you know, it was phenomenal. Uh, I think today they make it more of a production, you know. Uh, the one great thing mm -hmm. about the NFL is they take they can take a little bit of nothing and create a great storyline, you know, and, and, and create, you know. So I think now this is more of an event, This, this how the draft is now. And, you know, a nice production. Yeah, and, and, and I think the the NFL has really tapped into something with the draft as well. You know, now they're bouncing it around. Um, instead of doing it in New York every year, they put it to, uh, put it in Chicago for two years. They had it in Philly last year. They could possibly have it at another location this year. They're trying to get the fans excited, you know, like you said, make it into a, a production. And, I, and I, I agree with you there. I think they're really tapping into something. Yeah, by moving it around like that, you get so many other people involved and you get them to come out because you're throwing this big party around this amazing moment, you know, and everyone likes to be involved in a great time, you know. Absolutely. Everybody loves a good time. Um, <laughs> you mentioned you, 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 you being from a small school, Lambeth. Um, what, there's, there's actually been quite a few – small school prospects in this draft that we've, we've covered a lot of them so far. Um, what with playing at Lambeth and then, and then making that leap to the NFL, what, what challenges and obstacles did you face and how are you able to overcome them um, doing that, you know, getting over that big gap? Well, I mean, you have to understand, like I wasn't supposed to be at Lambeth. Like I was supposed to be at Florida. Decisions that I made, you know, cause problems for that happening. Um, so, I mean, when you go to a smaller school, like I went to a junior college, um, and right. there I played with Jason Ferguson, who was drafted by the Jets, you know, a couple of years before me. I played with Deuce Staley, who played at, uh, at the Philadelphia Eagles. You know, all of us was on the same team, you know. And right. What I did, 
you know, if you can run fast, you can run fast. That makes no difference what what level of football it is. You know, a four three is a four three in the NFL and on Lambert small field. You know, so it, it, I, was, I just felt like I was back where I was supposed to be. You know, with the elite of players. Right. So I, it wasn't. Yeah, a and I mean, transit for me. <clears throat> You you didn't you, you didn't feel the gap then moving moving on from the the small school to the NFL then tell because now you're around uh, better players but that's where I felt like I was supposed to be anyway so it wasn't any mind blowing type of, you know uh, thing I went through right uh, yeah I I completely get that I yeah um with you being the, we're gonna move on to um the Super Bowl Super Bowl thirty five. Okay. Mm-hmm. With you being the only player to score on in that game for your team, um, aside from the extra point from the kicker, of course, um, would you say that was the best memory, or should I say your favorite memory in the NFL, or was there another memory that stood out in your mind um, that you just you know you you just cling to, or you can just go back to right away and say well, yeah, that was it. Well, actually- you know, those are great moments, yeah, but the first one I remember that really stands out is that we played Baltimore Ravens in the preseason as well. Okay. And in that game, I ran back a 90-yard touchdown on them, you know, and that's the one that really <laughs> sticks out because that, that first one, like, okay, here we go. You know what I'm saying? This right. kid can do some type of deal. So that's the one that really sticks out. I'm that, trying. I'm trying I mean, to do my best to try to get with NFL films because I'm trying to find that play. Right. Mm. Um, you know, and I, I can see that too because that that's the first one. That's the one where you you make a name for yourself. And you know, guys now, even even you know, guys that play fantasy football watch preseason now to see, hey, is this guy going to give me points? You know, who what? And of course, preseason is important for the team because then you get to see who's producing, who's going to help the team. You know, in a put be put in a better position. Um, I right. could definitely see that being a good moment. Yeah, absolutely. I love that. Yeah. Um, it looked like you were going to have a decent career in the NFL, um, and it was cut short with you tearing your PCL. Can you take us through what happened when you when you got the injury? And did like when you got the injury, did you initially think my career's over? Well, to be honest, the big change in me happened way before then, um, where you know, things start, like, kind of going downhill. Um, after that Super Bowl, getting ready for the next season, when we come in for OTAs, uh, we were practicing, and, like, I almost died on the practice field. Like, my appendix oh, wow. almost broke. Like, we left the field, and they rushed me to the hospital. Wow. So I was in the hospital for, like, five days after having an appendectomy, you know. Um, and, but the bad thing about that is that was – 30 days before training camp, right, or two-a-days. This is when we were still doing two-a-days. And okay. um, I couldn't, like the doctor told me, I couldn't work out. I couldn't do anything for a month. So imagine me being in the hospital for five days. Now I can't do anything for a month. Now now the next day you have to go into camp, you know. So yeah. I was happy. Physically, I, I couldn't get it done. Like I shot, I'm not, not even sure why they didn't put me on IR because I definitely should have been on that. You know, that's where my knees started. I was having problems with knees and just hadn't worked out, wasn't running right. But as far as the, uh, 
the PCL, like I thought I was going to be able to bounce back from that, but eventually I could tell like, yeah, this is not, this is not uh, working, you know? So, and by that time, physically I wasn't where I'm used to being, you know, I didn't feel like myself, so I didn't want to play anymore. Oh, wow. You know, and, and it's setbacks like that that really test a person, you know, yeah. I, I, you know, I, I know that had to have been hard because I've, at, being in the NFL is a dream for a lot of people, you know, and actually making it there and having your career cut short, I know that had to have been um, de- somewhat devastating to you. Um, well, um, to be honest, like, I just loved the excitement of it and the, the adrenaline rush I got from it, you know, competing like that and being, you know, being able to run and jump and do what I do. Like, once I was unable to do that, like, I was ready to turn the page. You know what I mean? Like, it's time to go on to another chapter. You know, so I wasn't – it wasn't a bummed out type of deal for me. You know, like, I don't want to coach. I don't want to, you know, like, now that football is over, like, I don't want to coach. I don't want to, you know, be in broadcasting, any of that, because I don't want to look at a game long enough to speak about it intelligently or eloquently. You know what I mean? So Absolutely. It uh, yeah. morning for me. Um, Big D, you said you had a couple questions. Yeah, for Ron, we we mentioned the fact that you you scored a touchdown in the playoffs. Tell me what it's like. Tell our viewers what it's like to be in the playoffs. I mean, this is the big stage. I mean, you didn't just make the playoffs; you made the Super Bowl. Right. Um, you know, I tell I tell people all the time. Like, I went a little small Lambeth. I went from playing in front of a hundred people to being, you know, playing a game being watched by over a hundred countries. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, playing in the Super Bowl. But, like, far as the playoffs, um, when we were getting ready to play Philly, that first playoff game, you could just tell the atmosphere is just totally different. You know, you could feel the excitement in the air, man. And like, everybody is ex- super excited, more so than a regular season game. Like, it's like everybody's on the edge of their feet. Everybody's screaming the loudest. Everything is just vibrating at, at, a, at a high wavelength, you know. And – I remember in that game, and I told my guys we were in the locker room, I was like, listen, guys, if we get the ball first, I'm taking it back. And you can verify <laughs> this with some of the guys uh, that were on the team, Kevin Lewis, Jack Golden. If you can find, if you can find them, this, what I'm saying can be verified. Um, I told them, I said, listen, no, I don't need a kill shot. I don't need you to put him on his ass. Just give me a count because I won't be there long. You know what I mean? I'm going to shoot right past you. <laughs> Matter of fact, just standing between me and them, and that's good enough, you know. And right. um, once once we once we won the coin toss, I knew I was going to take it back, and that, that just opened up the game. That set the tone, you know. And uh, uh, and I think I'm not sure what I think we only beat them by three. I don't remember what the exact score was, but I think we beat mm-hmm. them by three. But I, we didn't score an offensive touchdown. I ran that touchdown back. You know, to open it up, uh, Seahorn got an interception. He scored, if I remember correctly. Those were the only two touchdowns. So that kickoff return was huge. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, and um, scoring in the Super Bowl. So I have the record for the most touchdowns, uh, for the most touchdowns in NFL post, the most kickoff returns for touchdowns in NFL postseason history. So I tell people to put that in context. There have been more people walk on the moon than to do what I've done. So Yeah, absolutely. Kind of put, yeah. Kind of put it in context for people. 
And so, so was, Ron, was, you mentioned. It was exciting. Go ahead. Yeah. Ron, you mentioned that uh, you didn't experience, you know, any kind of, you know, lag or, you know, talent gap. You seem to relish the challenge of being up against the best of the very best. So I want to know, what was it like to line up on the field against some of the elite corners in the game? Or like even the like or, with the Ravens defense yeah, when you guys played in the that, Super Bowl, what yeah. What was it like to be on the field with some of the hardest-hitting athletes in the world, knowing you that know, these yeah, guys I, I, want to take you out? Well, again, guys, you have to understand, my game was speed. You know what I'm saying? So, And I could do that with pretty much anybody. You know, when it comes to running, like, when it comes to about how big the linemen were, like, that didn't matter to me because I don't go in there. That's not where I do my work. You know what <laughs> I mean? So right. it, it was just great being on that championship level and, you know, running up, uh, going against Deion Sanders and Champ Bailey. and You know what I mean? It was fantastic. You know, you're out here with the best guys and, you know, you want to make a play. You know, and, right. and get, you know, get the juices flowing, because you know, because they are the best. So let me ask you a follow up to that. Did you have anybody that you played against that you loved to play against? Did you have any rivalries personally with any other players on the field that you wanted when you saw them on the field and you lined up across from them? You wanted to just there has to be a favorite rival. There has to be somebody. Well, well, not really, because my career wasn't that long. And then, mm-hmm. you know, I had different plays called for me when I was in at receiver because, you know, we had Ike there, Imani there, Joe Jojo Vicious there. So we kind of cycled in. Um, but I got most of my work at kickoff return. But, no, I never no, – I, no, I didn't have anything like that. Okay. Um, so what are you up to now, Ron, if you don't mind me asking? Well, actually, I, I'm in TV production. I'm an independent producer, and I have a uh, – TV show in development now um, that's going to be on CBS Sports, an adventure travel show. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. Uh, that'd be, I don't want to that's pretty exciting. I, I don't want to go into too many details, but it should be coming here soon. Uh, but, yeah, it's an adventure travel show. One thing I did uh, get excited about uh, was television. I went to uh, the Connecticut School of Broadcasting where I got familiar with uh, – you know, radio and television and, you know, production and things like that and got excited about TV and the creation process of it, the creative process of it. And I, um, you know, just started reading book after book after book after book on how to put TV shows together, how to write synopsis, how to do a treatment, how to do this, how to do that, uh, what's required from a production uh, team, you know, and and I got in touch with CBS Sports, you know, and so we're Um, rocking right now. Yeah, and I, I can totally relate to that because uh, back in high school, uh, we had a television production class, and, and I decided to join, and I loved it. I mean, we got to make little mini movies. We got to do news anchoring, all, you know, all sorts of stuff like that, make uh, music videos. That, that type of – that is a lot of fun. It really is, and, I, and I'm, you know, I'm glad you like the same thing too. I mean, it is, it is a ton of fun. Oh, yeah, and my show going to have us from coast to coast and around the globe, you know what I mean? So we're going to just go have yeah. a bunch of fun, make an exciting show, and um, get a lot of people excited about it and, and pack some butts in seats, you know, to watch the show. Absolutely. And you mentioned um, you were on you, – you went to the broad – you know, that class – um, for broadcasting and television, were, were, did you plan? Were you thinking at all, like to maybe even go on the radio, or um, 
pursuing a career in radio, or was that just to the television? Well, yeah, I, I actually worked with Clear Channel for a second. Um, see, because I was more, I'm more into talk radio. You know, I just like regular talk radio. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, I did that for a second. I had my own radio show for a second um, with Voice America. It was an online show. You know, but then I had to watch football all the time. I had to watch sports all the time to talk about it. You know what I mean? And I just didn't want to do that. So right. I kind of stepped away from that, and that's when I was like, I wanted to pursue TV. You know, mm-hmm. and television is a it's like almost like trying to go to the NFL. Like there's certain corridors you have to go down. You know what I mean? There's certain steps yes. to it. You just wake up and do that. You know, um, yeah. especially the way I'm doing it. Because um, I wrote it, absolutely. You know, own it. You know, so it's not like a, a network or a production company is hiring me for a talent fee. You know, so I'm wearing all the hats that consist of, you know, from uh, concept to completion. You know what I mean? So, right. That's what. Uh, you said you had another question. Yeah. So, Ron, you've got your you've got your show going. Uh, and that's going to be coming out soon, so you've got to be excited about that. Have you thought about, um, you know, doing any other shows? There's a, you know, there's so many of them out there. Is this the only one you're working on, or do you have other projects uh, in line right no, now? No, yeah, I have, I have, I have uh, several projects already in line to go. This show is the commercial. This show is the exciting one. This show is going to cap all the rest of them into motion, you know, because once you get right. that one, the track record, you know what I mean? Then people say yes a lot quicker. Um, I'm actually, my production company is called Adrenaline Films, and they, uh, uh, Michael Murray, who was director of photography, he started with uh, Mark Burnett and did the first 14 years of uh, Survivor with him on that show. He was, oh, wow. director, of photography. He was a director of photography of that show. Uh, he did um, Shaq versus CBS. So he's an adrenaline guy, exciting guy. Like, we're even going to have uh, underlayered storytelling using uh, the VR technology. So we're going to be able to have this exciting adventure story, you know, and in, in telling a 360-degree story to really get the viewer uh, submerged into the show. Right. And you've got another one, Big oh, B? Yeah. All right, go ahead. So, Ron, you, you mentioned, you know, you're, you, you went from small school to the big time. Do you have any players when you were growing up that really, really inspired you? Players that you or you sort of or that you looked up to or wanted to model your game after? Yeah, there you go, model. Uh, my, my thing was I played receiver, but I always wanted to play corner. So Deion Sanders oh, wow. was what was on. You know what I mean? I just didn't have the I'm defensive sorry. attitude, you know, to play corner. And you know, playing receiver, just running the ball was so much more easier for me. Um, but yeah, right. Dion, Dion, and then I got to play against him in Washington, you know, and uh, you know, had some awesome moments. I'm, I'm sure that was pretty awesome. That that had to have been a surreal moment. Oh yeah. You know, to go from this guy being me looking at him on my wall to now he's standing there in front of me in real life, you know, and his job <laughs> is to lock me down. So that was amazing. Oh yeah, um, Ron. This next question, it's gonna be the last question. Um, is more of a fun one. I was doing some reading, and I found a story, and I couldn't find the video. I'm, I'm hoping I can find the video at some point, but um, where a storm was coming in for the Giants and the Cardinals game, 
Oh, and, I already know where you're going. I already know where you're going. <laughs> <laughs> um, the lightning struck, struck the stadium, and you, you ran inside back in the stadium. Um, I oh, got to yeah. ask if that story is true, and what was going yes, through your mind with that? You, and, you, and you can find footage. Now, what people don't realize, I think like a week or two, my brother was uh, my brother was in high school playing football, and they were on the practice field, and lightning struck out there and pretty much hit them all, and I think one of the guys died. You know what I mean? Oh, wow. Some of them hurt real, you know what I mean? So now that story in the back of my head, and we have this thunderstorm. At first, it's way out. You know what I mean? The lightning is way, way, way out, you know? Um, so we're still playing. So imagine in the, all that in the back of my mind, and the storm is way out, not causing any problems, and then all of a sudden it seemed like it hit right there on the field with us. You know, so, yeah, I was shocked. Yes, I was like, I'm out. Yeah, yeah they have video of it. They have video of it. A lot of people get a lot of – they get a kick out of that. <laughs> but, yeah, it's – um. Um, they have did you run faster then, Ron, or did you run faster when well, you were no, running really touchdown? Like, I was trying to make sure. I just didn't want to run off the field, you know, and they all looking at me like, what the hell? You know, I wanted to make sure everybody, you know, I was like, hey, y'all coming in? Like, this is go-in weather, you know, so uh, right. they end up running in. So, yeah, I took off. <laughs> um, real quick, Ron, before, before we let you go here, uh, one thing we asked um, – everybody that we've interviewed um, so far, and we're going to ask you the same thing. It's really a favor for uh, us at Straight Football Talk. Um, we wanted to know if we could get a jersey from you, um, have you mail us a jersey. And what we're wanting to do is every um, player that we talk to or interview on the show, we're wanting to represent mm-hmm. that player and have it hung up behind us because um, we do Facebook Live video as well. And, you know, like I said, just, you know, give back and reference, hey, these are the players we've talked to. They're great guys. We love talking to them. We want you back on the show. You know what I mean? Is, is that something you would be willing to do? I don't. Unfortunately, guys, I don't have any. Um, like, I don't have, you don't have one any. jersey. Um, like, I had a bunch of stuff. I think cause in my parents' house, like helmets, sign helmets, and all that kind of stuff. Like, I don't know what any of that stuff is. If I come across okay. something, I definitely yeah. Okay. I mean, it doesn't even have to be a jersey. We're, we're more than willing to, you know, if you've got something that you want to send us, we're definitely willing to, um, you know, like I said, represent you. And, again, we, we really appreciate you being on the show um, and you know that mean a lot to us. Yeah, if I could find something, I definitely will. Okay. I appreciate that, Ron. Thanks for coming on today, yeah. man. We and, really appreciate yes, it. Yes, thank oh, you for calling. No um, we're going to let you go. Yeah, we know you're a busy man, so I um, want to thank you and have a good day, sir. You too. All right, guys. Talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Yep. Yep. Bye-bye. Bye. There we go. Okay, guys, that was Ron Dixon. Great guy. Glad we talked to him. He seemed like a real genuine guy when I'd message him. Um, I enjoyed that. I enjoyed yeah. the conversation yeah. we had with him. It's really good to get, in, uh, get into the details. And, you know, what? I think I'm going to make kind of thing now when we interview players. Yeah. i got to bring up a funny subject. There's got to be something, you know, yeah. that we can laugh about yeah. together. Yeah. Um, that lightning store, when I was reading about that, I was like, I've got to see if that's true or not. Yeah, I, that's just to, I just had to know how fast he ran off. <laughs> so, anyways, um, let's get back to it, guys. D- uh, Detroit Lions oh, draft, draft recap. Um, they've got a couple homer moments here. Um, let's go ahead and get started, Big D. Let's do it. You got, you got your, oh, your stuff got, loaded oh, up yeah, there? I'm all set. We got, we're going to be right. kicking it off with Gerard Davis. 
Linebacker from Florida, boys. And yes. Girls. Round one, pick 21, Gerard Davis. With the Lions losing both DeAndre Levy and Stephon Tulip, the Lions needed to address their linebacking core situation in this draft. Enter the Lions' first-round draft pick. Davis has been praised for his character on and off the field. And when, you, when you're hearing about so many guys being drafted having character, character issues, that's big, that's big to a franchise. That's very encouraging. One thing I love about this prospect's play style is that he finishes his tackles. Too many times we see guys try to go for that big hit and just bounce off the ball carrier or miss just completely with that tackle because they're trying to make a big play. We cannot, we cannot be having this. Davis earned, earned respect uh, and built a reputation during his first three years of his career, but his best uh, year came his junior year when he was able to get a total of 94 tackles, 11 tackles for a loss, three and a half sacks, along with an interception and one forced fumble. Yeah. Last year, his production went down due to a left leg injury, but still managed to get 60 ta- uh, total tackles, six tackles for a loss, two sacks, and four pass breakups. And with his leadership and production, it was enough to earn him second-team All-SEC. This wasn't Davis's only injury during his time with the Gators. He had also suffered a torn meniscus in, his tor- in, a, in the 2014 season as well. And while his injuries are a bit concerning, if the Lions can keep him healthy, they should have a good, quality, young linebacker to have around for years to come. And when I say quality, I'm talking about good character. He's, oh, a, yeah, you know, yeah. he's, he's a guy that the this, franchise this wants. Is a, uh, this is one of the players that you would call an anchor player for your defense. Yeah, this absolutely. is a guy that's not only a leader on and off the field, this is a guy you can depend on to make tackles. Uh, over his career, <laughs> he compiled 200-plus tackles. He had five and a half sacks, and again, we get to the hustle plays. You can't praise this guy enough for his hustle plays. Nine pass deflections at linebacker, yep. nine. Uh, this is a real good pickup here for the Lions, who desperately needed linebacker help. I mean, yeah, they, they, they needed, they needed it. it. That was arguably their worst spot on their team. That was team. probably their biggest need. Moving on from Gerard Davis, tease to board, cornerback out of, guess what, University of Florida, <laughs> round two, pick 21. Here we see yet another team pick two players from the same team on the same side of the ball. The more that teams do this, the more I love these types of picks. And we haven't talked about, we have talked about it on this show before, but the chemistry between those two players can only benefit and help the team and help the players that much more. Oh, yeah. You know, they, they, they have that mutual understanding, that, that connection. Well, and not just that. Um, when you've got guys that have played together, there's there's something to be said for that camaraderie that right. exists there. There's a comfortability Com- that yeah. com- that transfers over with that. I like well. that one. Um, it's not just the fact that oh we played together, you know we've got good chemistry. There's a there's a comfortability. It helps these guys make this adjustment. That that guy knows what I, you know. Chief Sabor can sit there I'm and going, say going yeah through. yeah. Chief can sit there and say I know what he's got to do. He knows what I've got to do. Yeah, we can get this done exactly. Though Chief Sabor has whipped on plays. He still has had solid production throughout uh, his three-year career at Florida, getting 104 total tackles, 11 tackles for loss, four sacks, eight interceptions, three of which were for a touchdown, three fumble recoveries, nine interceptions, excuse me, and one forced fumble. Lions fans will get excited over this prospect's size, quickness, and athleticism, standing at six foot, 200 pounds, with 32-inch arm length, another long corner. Oh, yeah. But people have said that he is scared. I guess there's more. it's more of a, you know, rumor. I don't know if it's true yet. That he's scared of deep speed 
and sometimes plays too deep in coverage. He's well, <laughs> earthquake, earthquake guy. He's young and coachable, but I do, uh, I don't believe he will start right away, and he will need some time to develop behind Darius Slay and company. Which, by the way, the pro comparison they gave for Tisa Bourne on NFL.com just so happens to be his teammate, teammate Darius Slay. Right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. One of the things I really like about Tease is that he is a real ball hog. He's got a good nose for the ball. Uh, he may not be the best tackler, but that is a fundamental that you can work on. Well, and he's, he's whipped on some plays by missing some pass breakups and stuff, but he's also got nine interceptions. He's That's nothing to stop at. Yeah, he's got nine interceptions, and we can't forget the fact that he's returned three of them for touchdowns. So he's right. got big play potential. Right. Um, I think what people – another thing people don't like is that he had a very, very um, subpar – uh, 40-yard dash time. Yeah. Um, I mean, I know a lot of people that was turning a lot of pros- um, scouts off. Excuse me. I want to yeah. make sure I get that right. That was turning a lot of scouts off. Um, I want to go ahead and get the time here. I believe it was like a 4.6, and that's that's not good for a corner. No. That's it. Let me make sure here, guys. Yes, 4.62. So, yeah, that's, 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 that's subpar. Um, but, again, that's, I, you can't coach speed, no. but they could try to, you know, Get him to where he needs to be, or keep him in zone. You know, you know yeah. what I'm saying. Yeah. He can still be a quality corner. Yeah, it could be. Moving on from uh, T's to board, Kenny Galladay, wide receiver out of Northern Illinois, round three, pick 32. First thing that I will say about this prospect, and you know, honestly, that would stand out. I mean. It's his size. Yeah, he's 6'4", uh, right? 6'4", 218 pounds. Oh, Big boy. and don't forget his arm length is 32 inches. So not only is he tall, he's got some long arms. He's got a big wingspan. Yeah, he's got, uh, he's got uh, a heck of a reach. As well as with his height and arm length, he will have a clear advantage with his size. And with running a 4'5", as a big guy like that in the 40, and putting up 18 bench reps, he has an exceptional combination of speed, size, and strength. Were we talking about Mike Wallace? No, we're not talking about Mike Wallace. He's bigger than Mike Wallace. And he will be a red zone threat that will get the coaching staff excited, Matthew Stafford excited, and guess what? The Detroit Lions will get excited for this pick he as well. He 18 receiving touchdowns, by the way. Yep. I want to point that out. We're, he also had over 2,000 receiving yards. We're getting there. Um, so he's got good production. Right here. With two years he had played at Northern Illinois, he was able to snag 160 receptions for 2,285 yards, averaging 14.3 yards a catch and 18 touchdowns. He put up back-to-back 1,000-yard seasons where his junior year he was a second-team All-Mac pick, and his senior year he was a first-team All-Mac pick. The thing that Kenny needs to work on uh, the most is his route running over overall. Um, you know, I was reading, and the experts are saying, well, this part of his route running, this part of his route running, this part of his route running. Okay, so he needs to work on his route running. You can break that down, but the fans want to see, okay, he needs to work on his route running. Yeah. You can turn that up a bit. Yeah. Um, he was projected to go between rounds four and five. So the, they reached a little bit with this pick coming, you know, with a, it being a third round. Yeah. But with him learning from Marvis Jones and Golden Tate, he will become a better player. Not to mention that wideout lineup is definitely scary. And – it kind of brings back some Megatron memories. He's a big, long, lengthy he's kid. A big guy. Yeah. And, uh, you know, Awesome Austin here brought yep. up a good point here. He said, is Richard Sherman fast? We don't know because he keeps the opposing wideout in front of him. Speed is overrated sometimes. 
Can be. Can be. But, you know, I've seen Richard Sherman get beat quite a bit, too. You know, and bringing up Richard Sherman, I know we're talking about the Detroit Lions, but, you know, I've watched Richard Sherman play. He gets a lot of missed holding or pass interference calls. I watch that so much, and there should be so many more calls on him. Um, I, I, you know, I wish they would call it more. Moving on. You want me coming back to the Detroit Lions? <laughs> Don't want, don't want to show my don't want to show my bias here. You know my bias is showing a little. Round four, right? Round four, Jalen, Jalen Reeves, Maven, linebacker out of Tennessee. Round four, pick eighteen in the fourth round. Arguably, the Lions needed to address the linebacker position more than any other position, and so they not only draft one in the first round, but they draft one yet in the fourth round. Also, would like to point out that the Lions' offense did well last year, and the main reason why they were top dog in the North, but. With injuries and mediocre defense, they could hold on to that top spot. So the Lions used three of their top four draft picks to help bolster that defense um, and fill those holes on that defense. His sophomore and junior years, Jalen looked to be on track to being a stud. His sophomore year, he had 101 tackles, 11 tackles for loss, two sacks along with two four, uh, fumble recoveries. And as a junior, he had 105 sacks, 14 tackles for loss, and six sacks two forced fumbles, and two fumble recoveries. Then came his senior year, where he was ejected from the season opener for targeting. And then he had to miss the rest of the season due to the shoulder injury. By season's end, he had 20 tackles, two tackles for a loss, which was a huge drop uh, in production, and had considered redshirting. But then he decided to go to the NFL, like Gerard Davis, if they can keep Jalen healthy, then the Lions have another linebacker to bolster their defense. Though, he was projected for around six and seven, and more than likely the Lions could have waited for him. Um, they still needed to address that issue. You know what? With him, you know, him deciding to me, he should have waited. He should have. He should have redshirted. Give him a homer, Big D. You know, Jalen. Jalen, this is for you, buddy. You, you get no! it dope. Come on. You get it dope, Jalen. What, what do you got on Jalen? Jalen. Though he did impress me in, in one regard. He had 240 tackles. Yep, combined. Combined. And he had eight sacks. But here's the big thing. He is one of well, – he, he, this is one quality I really like in my linebackers and defensive guys. He's got a nose for the football. Yep. He has four fumble recoveries. Yep. Which means he's got good defensive awareness. He knows where the ball is at. And for a defense, it didn't really generate a lot of turnovers. Yeah. Didn't come up with the very ball very subpar. often. Very subpar. Uh, you're going to want to watch out for him doing that. You know, and, again, I think if he would have waited another year due to the injury um, that he suffered last year, you know, would have went with a red shirt. I think it would have benefited his draft stock, or if he would have um, left after his junior year, I think it would have been better, one too. Thing, though, but, one thing, though, I will say is uh, with the situation the Lions have at linebacker, uh, they need to hope that he has that production. Yeah, and, if, and again, if he can stay healthy like Rodrod Davis, if they can stay healthy, they could have a pretty good linebacker. Court, they could. They you could. know, they put up some good production. Moving on, Michael Roberts, tight end out of Tule Do. Right up the road from us, huh? Tule Do. Round four, pick 21. Let me start off with this prospect and say he may be a fourth-round pickup and may have projected or have been projected for rounds five and six, but this guy can play. He had over 80% of his catches in his career go for first downs. And in 2016, 35.5% of his catches went for touchdowns. This is a tight end we're talking about. And, guys, he is not just a 
efficient player, he's a big boy. Yeah. Um, big boy. His, his stats for last year was 45 receptions for 533 yards, giving him an average of 11.8 yards a catch and 16 touchdowns, which was sixth in the NCAA for uh, touchdown receptions. With this type of production from Roberts, you can bet to see a two tight end set, especially when the Lions get down in the red zone. Roberts has the NFL size standing at 6'4", 270, and with that size and a nice bounce being able to block and catch the ball. And I would also like to point out that these five picks, two have been uh, for offense, and both have been red zone targets. I've got it listed here at 6'4". No, I think I have it at 6'8". I can – you can bring it up here. He's a big boy either way. Yeah, six four, six six. Yeah. I mean, you're six Two four. Inches, aren't you? yeah. I'm six five and a half. You're six. So you're yeah. yeah. I'm a little bit taller than him, but he's got uh, he's got a lot more meat and potatoes. Than <laughs> meat and potatoes. Yeah, right there, six four. No, six four. Okay. <clears throat> but um, he's yeah, a big boy. Yeah. And what I like five. about him is uh, he's he's consistent. Yeah. He's I'm, got consistency. Uh, and tight ends. I've said it many times. A tight end's got two major jobs. The jobs of being the safety valve for the quarterback and being a pass blocker and well, maybe even run block. You know, and Eric Ebron had a little. You know, he he did okay for the Lions. He's doing he's doing all right. Um, and now and now getting Michael Roberts doing that two tight end set and having Marvin Jones and having Golden Tate yeah. and now drafting. That's going to open um, things up a little bit. Uh, Galladay. Yeah, Galladay getting him as well. There's some red zone targets there there's now. Gonna be, there's going to be some threats. And I wouldn't be surprised to see the run game for Detroit pick up a little bit more with some of these two two tight end sets because we mm-hmm. all know how much they love to run the football. Absolutely. Moving on from Mr. Roberts, Jamal Agnew, cornerback out of San Diego. Why? Round five, pick 21. Why? Uh, yeah. Um, right away, you will notice a small frame standing at 5'10", 185 pounds. And that means he will probably not be playing on the outside and will need to bulk up and pl- be, to be able to play in the slot and nickel. I'm going to get this guy a couple gallons of milk. Okay. <laughs> a couple gallons of milk a day. <clears throat> With Agnew's lack of size and length, experts were putting him um, down to the rounds of six and seven or even going undrafted. But when he, where he lacks in size and strength, he makes, for it up, uh, makes up for it in speed and ball skills and could have a shot for special teams as a returner. He's a four-year starter that ran a 4-4 in the 40-yard dash twice, was also a first-team All-American, or first-team All-Conference, excuse me, at point guard and 100-meter uh, sprinter champion. During his uh, career, he was able to get 11 interceptions, mm-hmm. which is good. Looking at the Lions' pass defense last year, they finished last in the league in passer rating allowed which was 106.5 passer rating. That means they were throwing all over those guys. And we loved it. <laughs> With him being projected at around six and seven, and some experts saying he may go undrafted, this looks like yet yeah, another reach for the Detroit Lions. Round five, he could have been, you know, again, projected for six and seven or undrafted. Ted, That's Ted, a reach, Ted, man. Ted, this isn't just a reach. It's a homer no, moment. They're getting the dough. The Detroit Lions get the homer. Go! What are you doing? Five ten, come on. Give him another one. Yeah, you get a double. You get a double. Go! Five ten out of yard. Come on now. There were better corners out there. Come on, help me. Do you have anything to add about Agnew? Just get bigger, Agnew. <laughs> Just leave it where, at that. Some heels. <clears throat> wow. Jeremiah Ledbetter, defensive end out of Arkansas. No, no, not Bedwetter. <laughs> oh my gosh. 
round six, pick 21. Looking at him skin deep, standing at 6'3", 280 pounds, which right away tells me he needs to be put in the interior of the line yeah. uh, instead of being on the outside. Both his junior and senior years, he, he was productive. His junior year, he had 55 tackles, seven and a half tackles for a loss, two sacks. His senior year, he had 49 tackles, seven and a half tackles for a loss again, and five and a half sacks, as well as a forced fumble. He was able to put up 29 bench reps, which indicates he's got some strength and power for his size. With him playing on the inside and outside of the line, that helps him grow and helps him show his versatility and value to the team. It will be a solid backup or rotational player from the beginning. Uh, They're probably going to try to rotate him in there, you know, try to give the other guys a break here. After three picks of the Lions reaching, Ledbetter was actually projected for rounds four to five, so that may strengthen up their draft grade. They got him in round six. He was projected for four or five. That was a good thing. You know, I like this pick. Um, He's got 15 TFLs, and uh, he's got seven and a half sacks. Yeah. And any time you get a guy that can sack quarterback, that's good. That's That's, yeah, you want him in the back. We, one thing we we just mentioned that you know Detroit was terrible at stopping the pass, and we've said it before, and I'm going to say it again: quarterbacks can't throw from their back. Yep. And not only do you have to pay the big boys the big bucks for the O line, yeah, you got to pay the big boys the big bucks on that defensive line. You got to put that quarterback down. Absolutely. Next guy, I love this pick. This is one of my favorite picks for the Detroit Lions. Brad Kaya. Quarterback out of the U, Miami, Florida, not Miami Redhawks in yeah, Ohio. Yeah, don't don't even conflate <laughs> the two guys. Come on now. Round six, pick 32. <laughs> He's a three-year starter and is one of my favorite quarterbacks coming into this draft. Has good mechanics, intelligence, and has the experience. Reads the entire field, is comfortable in the pocket, and is athletic enough to extend the plays. I personally would have liked to have seen him stay one more year to be groomed a little more, but – he has the capable or capability, excuse me, to become an NFL starter, and I think he was put into a good situation at Detroit. He gets to learn from Stafford, and gets to compete for the backup position, um, backup quarterback position role. Because I mean, let's be honest, Jake Rudock was not able to get it done for the Lions if called upon, which leads me to believe that Kaya will be the backup behind Stafford. Last year, Kaya threw for 3,532 yards and 27 touchdowns and seven interceptions, giving him a completion percentage of 62%. He would need to work on his accuracy and ball placement and was only able to complete 38% of his passes between 11 to 20 yards last year, according to NFL.com, that is. With Kaya being projected from rounds three to four, this pick helps the Lions make up for the previous picks where they had homer moments. They reached, you know, they had the homer moments. And one thing, I I want to circle back to this real quick. Because I, I don't think we're giving this guy enough credit. He finished his career at the U with a 60.6% completion rating. That's all right. Which is pretty good. But that's not where the big numbers are for me. 9,968 yards passing. And the guy threw 69 touchdown passes. Pretty good. You know, he, you know I don't want to I don't wanna say too much about it, but... That's pretty good. Yeah, it's pretty good. 69 touchdown passes, you're doing pretty good. They're not getting a dough for this pick. They're not getting a dough. You, you, you did good, Detroit. Pat yourself on the back. Pat O'Connor is the next Pat. guy. Speaking of Pat. Pat him on the back, yeah. Speaking of Pat. Pat O'Connor, defensive end out of Eastern Michigan, round seven, pick 32. This one was underrated, I believe. Pat comes into Detroit and will need to compete for a roster spot. 
Pat had to miss the entire 2015 season due to a shoulder injury and was able to turn it around in the 2016 season, 2016 season, excuse me, getting a total of 42 tackles, 15 tackles for loss, and eight and a half sacks. That was last year. Yeah, and, you know, Ted, it's not said enough, but over the last couple of years, I think we've noticed that the MAC has been producing some quality defensive players. They've been producing there's quality been, players. There's been some real steals from the MAC and defensive players here lately, and Absolutely. I think this guy definitely qualifies. <clears throat> He's a three-year starter, or was a three-year starter, that has gotten 29 tackles for loss and seven and for seven fumbles, of course. Seven forced fumbles, yeah. yeah. There we go. Seven forced fumbles. <laughs> wow. Say that, you know, yeah. times that they're dead. Uh, in the last two seasons, five of those forced fumbles coming from last season. Yeah. With those stats, one has to wonder if he was, was just a man among boys with the level of competition he had to play against. But it's a seventh-round pick with low expectations. And with that type of production, you have to say at minimum, this was a solid pick, at minimum. Yeah. Uh, one thing that really sticks out for me on this guy, he finished his career with 20 sacks, and he had 34 tackles for a loss. So, again, he's he's a he's a good tackler. He's getting, he gets after he's, it, man. He's, he's going to potentially be good for <clears throat> Detroit. He, he might not start right away. Probably not. But he, he could make the roster. He, he could make the roster. He's got some size. And uh, I, I really do like those seven force fumbles. That that means he's a hitter, boys and girls. Yeah, he he likes to lay lay the wood, and, and we like that. We like getting our defensive players. That's how you make the big bucks. So for the recap, the the whole grade. Obviously, I'm not gonna. Did we give the the Broncos grade? I think we did before we, we did. went on we with, did. with the interview with Broncos. I want to make sure I get those down. We did give that grade. Detroit Lions draft grade. Of course, I'm not gonna give it right away. I've got to give my synopsis. Big D's got to say his his part in it. So let's get started. Go for it. I was actually going to give them a little bit better of a grade with them being able to make up for the mid-round, uh, mid-draft reaches um, by drafting a couple guys later in the draft. You know, that somewhat made up for it. And I was going to give them a better grade. Um, but I then thought, what if they could have gotten guys that were worthy of the draft pick instead of reaching? Yeah. Um, there were plenty of players on the board that they could have drafted with less risk and could have had a very nice draft class. Could have even been an A. Don't get me wrong. They did pick up quality guys. I just would have liked to have seen them draft a better cornerback than Agnew or address their O-line troubles or had them snag a less injury-prone linebacker uh, in the fourth that was projected to go in the round six or seven or had them draft a solid workhorse running back. They've, they've been talking about Amir Abdullah. They've been talking about Theo Riddick. I think they could have got a quality running back, you know, in this draft. There were plenty available, and they did have the picks for it. Oh, yeah. Uh, With the way they drafted at the end and that they had a great chance to capitalize and have a home run draft class, but they didn't. And now time will tell to see if they made the right moves, of course. We could be wrong sitting here saying this. But as of now, what are they getting, Big D? I'm telling you what you're getting. Detroit, Detroit, you're getting a dough. You're getting a homer moment. Dough! That's for your whole draft. Listen, Detroit, you're gonna have to you're gonna have to do better. Do better. So, with that being said, even though we gave them a homer moment, they had several in there. I'm still giving them a B minus. They addressed the issues they need to address. They could have capitalized a little bit better. I was <clears throat> at first leaning towards giving them a, a B because they made up for their you know the the reaches, but went with a B minus because that draft class could have been a hell of a lot better. You know what? Their draft class could have been a lot better. But you know what? I'm not going to give them a B minus. I'm going to give them a B. 
You're gonna give them I'm, a B? I'm gonna give them a B, and the reason that I'm gonna give them a B, we got two of them. I'm gonna give, let me give two reasons. Okay. I think Michael Roberts was a very sneaky pick. Yeah, very sneaky. I liked that pick a lot, uh, but where I really, really think that they may have just hit lightning in a bottle is Reese Maven. If he stays healthy, his <coughs> I, production level. Yeah. And is, see that is insane. That's why I said I could be sitting here saying this stuff. And I could be 100% wrong. I mean, that's the thing about football. You don't know until they go out and play. You know, that he, if he can stay healthy, he's got the production to be I, a quality I linebacker. I feel like uh, when your two weakest, when you, when one of your weakest, weakest positions on the entire field was linebacker, and you go after two a of them. guy, you go after two of them, but you get some guys that have really got some production, some aggressive, mean, right, hitting guys. Right. I, I um, um, with I like it. I like it. With Jalen, um, like I said, with him being projected rounds five or six, they could have went in the fourth round and gotten somebody else and then still possibly could have gotten Jalen. We wouldn't know for sure, but it's possible. And and if they would have done that, they could it could have been better. This draft, again, it could have. It could have yeah. been. It definitely could have so, been. So, with that, we need to move on to awesome, awesome, fun facts, awesome fantasy awesome. You know, all that good yeah. stuff, fast five, all that good stuff. Well, I got, I got uh, some of those fun facts pulled up right now. Sure, uh, go for it. So right off the bat, Austin has said, last week we <coughs> mentioned a few free agents still on the market. Let's give him some love. He mentions Anquan Bolden may have been fourth in receiving yards for the Detroit Lions last year, but he led the team with eight receiving touchdowns. What's that going to do for Anquan Bolden's free agent status? Well, I mean, he's still a free agent. There's still plenty of wide receiver needy teams. I'm just surprised the Baltimore Ravens haven't called him yet. Here's a, yeah, and here's a big one. Nick Mangold is the New York, is the New York Jets' second all-time leader in Pro Bowls with seven. Still on the market. Absolutely. Nick Mangold. Uh, we got we got a mention of Colin Kaepernick. Is he's the only free agent quarterback that started in a Super Bowl? Yep. And he's also going to probably not get signed. Um, <laughs> Atlanta Falcons superfan Chad Wallen gets a tooth implant with a team's logo on it. I saw I, that. I'm I not that. I'm not really sure how uh, I feel about that. It, it's got it's got like the Falcon logo oh. like on the tooth. It's, it's kind of I I'm I'm a I'm a super fan, but that's I think that's a bit much. You're going to constantly have something. In Give him a homer. You get a homer for that. You're going to constantly have something in your teeth. Go! What are you doing? <laughs> Aaron Rodgers said he's on the back nine of his career. Aaron, don't you ever say that to me again. No, Aaron, Aaron, uh, I think Aaron's right. Uh, you know, I show a little bit of bias here. I am a Packers fan, but I think it Aaron, is showing. It, it is showing. My bias is showing. Uh, but um, I think Aaron's right. He only has a few more quality years left in him. Um, right now, he's in he's in do or die mode. You know what's interesting with Aaron Rodgers is you've got him saying I'm on the back nine, and then you've got Tom Brady, who's older, much older, saying he still thinks he's going to play another six, seven years. I will look at his offensive line. I mean, I mean, to me, I like how Aaron Rodgers is being real with the fans. He's being yeah. real with everybody. You know, in in Aaron's defense, he's been hit a heck of a lot more than Tom Brady has. Not really, when you think about how long Brady's been in the league. You know what? No, in the you last couple seasons, I'm I think saying. that's something we're going to look up for next week. Yeah, we're going to look. I think he's been knocked down more. I think he's been hit more in the last couple seasons than Brady has. We're going to look at that. I like. We're going to take a look at that. I, that's a good idea. So keep it going, Big D. Uh, next up on list, Mike Zimmer told Mike Floyd that if he's lying about drinking, he's getting released. So therefore, we just talked about it. Michael, it, we it, know you're lying, man. Man, I know you're lying. They're, they're, they could, he could be out again, but. 
I think another team will pick him up. I really do. Somebody's desperate. <coughs> Somebody will pick him up. What do we got for fantasy, Ted? I don't see anything popping no, up. Hold on. Yeah, um, you forgot a couple. Did I miss one? You, you forgot a couple. Ah, okay. Organizations and players. Nope. Right here, Zeke. Oh, Zeke Elliott. Ah, Oh, we didn't talk. You know what? We didn't talk about this, but you and I talked about this last, the day, last, last week, week. Yeah, on the show. Uh, Zeke Elliott could be facing a short suspension, one or two games. I, you know, we talked about this with, with guys like Greg Hardy. Yep. And and even recently, uh, what's his name? Wilson from uh, same team, Cowboys. Mm-hmm. Uh, these these players getting in the league and being involved in violent altercations. Yep. Uh, guys, stop that! Stop it! Give him a dough. You get a dough. Come on, man. Come go! on. Get rid of You're making millions. Next one up is organizations and players have until July 17th to agree on a long-term deal. Le'Veon Bell and Kirk Cousins, for example. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Le'Veon's gonna sign. Get, guys, let's get this over with. You know, you're gonna you're gonna play. Let's just play. Le'Veon's going to sign, but guys, keep an eye on Kirk Cousins. This this could be a year where he shines again, and if he does, and he doesn't get that big boy contract, he's he's going to be gone. Yeah, he he is going to be a hot free agent if he doesn't get that big boy money. I know Washington's trying to hold out and lowball him right now a little bit. In my opinion, I think they're <laughs> they're undervaluing his value to that team. They have not had solid quarterback play for years, and he's finally given it to them. You yep. got to invest. Arizona Cardinals head coach Bruce Arians came out and said that he had surgery to remove a cancerous substance on his kidney. We'll be uh, dedicating this season to anyone battling cancer. Love that. I love it, too. Love it. And, and, you know, it's sad to hear that because, you know, this is the second coach we've had with in cancer. the NFL yeah. with cancer. Chuck, Chuck Pagano struggled with that all, yeah. all, a whole season. Um, next one, you're going to love this one. Clay Matthews, your boy, said he'll miss padding his stats against Jay Cutler. <sighs> Me too. <laughs> I was going to say, Clay, I love you. Uh, you're right. <laughs> Playmaker, you're not the only one. I know <laughs> I'm not the only one that likes to see that. But, Jay, I do have something to tell you. It's all going to be okay. You know why? You know why? Because you got a replacement. Go! <laughs> I knew that was coming. All right. Only two players were in the supplemental draft, and neither were drafted. The two players were Georgia Military College defensive end, Tavares Bingham and yeah. Western New Mexico running back Marquise Rogers. You know, um, with that, you know, people try to live their dreams with the NFL, yeah. uh, you know, make it in the NFL and be successful. Um, and, it, and, it's, and it's hard to sit there and watch players not get that. You know what I mean? It is. Um, they just got to keep after it. You know, we're going to be talking to a couple guys in a couple weeks. We uh, Corey Felton Jr. and uh, David Verges, right? Verges, yeah. Um, talking to them about how they're trying to make an NFL roster um, and try to fulfill their dreams. Um, so it is, it is hard to see that. It, it's, it's difficult to see. And, you know, it puts it into perspective for you guys how difficult it is to make one of these rosters. Yeah. They have limited amount of spots. Yep. And they draft with that in mind. Absolutely. Uh, so it's, there's a lot of pressure on these guys, especially those entering the draft. It just shows how big of a risk it is to go into the draft and not stay in your final year. Next one up. Antonio Brown spoils himself with a $350,000 Rolls Royce on his birthday. Must be nice. He can afford it. <laughs> he's God. Antonio Brown. He can afford it. <laughs> uh, as long as he's making them big boy catches, he can drive whatever he wants. <clears throat> Dak Prescott calls out teammate Zeke Elliott, believes he should use his stardom 
for charities and good faith instead of doing photo shoots for body magazines. You know, I, I'm okay with the body magazine thing. You know, Zeke can do what he wants, but at the same time, I understand what Dak Prescott's saying. You're you're a stud. You're a big-time name. You're a superstar right now. Do charity work. Be out there for the fans. Be out there for the people. Show you know, people I that can you're see there. That. I can see that, but Dak, you better start practicing what you preach, buddy. You can't be out there giving people fake autographs <laughs> and telling other people to go do charity. Give all them right? a you got to show, Dak. Come on now. Go! You can't be out telling people they got to do charity work and then getting accused of giving people fake autographs. <laughs> Who knows where those autographs are going? Come on now. Wow. <laughs> I love it. Sam Darnold said, quote, no team should tank their season because of me, end quote. Sam Darnold being the USC quarterback, um, potentially uh, – First round or first pick overall next season. Listen, we all know, we all we've all heard the slogans. We've heard this before. But this year, it's tank for Sam, and guys, it's sink for Sam. I I, I don't think Sam wants to play for the Jets. Uh, yeah, I don't <laughs> think he does. Either. And you know what? With their track record with quarterbacks, and this is not bias. This is just facts. They have not had a good track record when it's come to quarterbacks. No, they have quarterbacks that have, they have drafted, traded for have not flourished in that system. You know, and something else to bring up is the last USC quarterback they had. Sanchez. Was, was butt fumble. So. You, know, uh, <laughs> you know, and that's another thing to point out. What are these teams going to learn to stop drafting from the Pac-12? Just stop it. <laughs> Just stop it. Now, your bias is showing again, Dallas. You know, stay out of there. Stay out of USC. Anyway, I, you know, in all honesty, I'm sure Sam Arnold would be honored to be drafted by the Jets in all seriousness. It's a dream come true to be on an NFL roster. And he's roster. a very talented player. Yeah, he's a very, he's talented, very talented quarterback. Player. I don't so, want to knock on him too hard. He's, yeah. he's a good player, and yeah. he's uh, you better watch him this year because he's yeah. probably going to light it up. Yeah, definitely some uh, a guy to watch for, especially come for the draft. Yeah. Um, next one, Calvin Johnson still getting headlines in retirement. Said big part of his, uh, that decision was uh, the Detroit losing way. And he didn't believe the Lions were close to winning a championship, so he decided to hang it up. You know, I got two things to say about that, Calvin. You got to make more catches if you're going to call yourself Megatron, especially when it's playoff time. I mean, you know, I understand what he's saying, but at the same time, to me, if you feel like, like you can mentality. still play, yeah, if you if you know you can still play, and that's your team, you know what I mean. You're supposed to lay it on the line for the team, but they didn't do any him any favors they making him pay back, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars. Oh, when he retired. They, they didn't. But you know what? At the same time, <clears throat> let's, let's keep it real. Megatron, we wouldn't even know who he was without that organization. Let's be fair. He played majority of his time there. Mm-hmm. And he set up a lot of he, – he set a lot of good stats while he was there. So it's not like he, when he was there they didn't have any talent at all. They had, they had some talent while right. he was there. Right. Um, you know, it takes more than just Calvin Johnson, though, to win games. That's Absolutely. true. But it also it also takes the big stars. They step up when when it's necessary. Right. And we, I, you know, I don't want I want to say too much bad about Calvin because he's made some big catches in his career. But at the same time, that's not the kind of attitude you want to you want to leave your franchise with. No. And it's it sad that they have you know, it's come to that. Yeah. Um, that is two line stars that prematurely retired in their prime. Hack slash, what's wrong with Detroit? Um, well, probably the way they treat their players. I'm just going yeah, to they don't, they don't, they don't treat them too good. Dak Prescott, again, on the red carpet at the SBs, said, We're, we are the Cowboys. We are going to win the NFC East. That's a bold statement because the Eagles have put a lot of pieces together to make a run for that title. And the Gi- Giants Dak, are going to have a, Dak, you know, have a say in that Dak, too. You're getting a dough. 
Let me tell you something. You can't. You, I, I like your confidence, but you're getting the dough. Two reasons. Two reasons you're getting the dough. Giants, they got better. <coughs> Eagles, they got better. And you threw a lot of interceptions in the playoffs, sir. <coughs> You can't you can't be saying you're going to win win your whole conference and whatnot. After that, a couple of days later, Carson Wentz said he's confident Philly can go from worst to first in the NFC East. I just said it. They had a lot of pieces to make a run for that. We're being broadcasted out of Philadelphia. We Philly are. fans are going to love to hear that. Let me tell you something. Let me tell you something, Carson Wentz. You're not getting a dough, and I'll tell you why. <laughs> because your team did a lot of work. In the off season, they did a lot of work. They did a lot of work, a lot of good work. They got a lot better. And I'm going to tell you, it, it, it's got nothing to do with bias. I think we all we all know where my loyalties lie. Um, but but what I what I will say is I'm very impressed with the organizational moves made by Philadelphia. They yes. got serious this year in the draft, yeah, and they got serious this year in free agency. Yes, they did. And getting it together. Uh, that is not in my opinion, a bold statement. That, to me, is Carson Wentz attempting to hit, try his hand in a self-fulfilling prophecy. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, he has every reason in the world to be that confident with the moves his organization made to surround him with talent this year. Kansas City Chiefs found a new GM in Brett Veach. Congratulations to him on getting the new job. Brett Veach caught a touchdown pass from the Chiefs' offensive coordinator, Matt Nagy, at the University of Delaware. Really? A little fun fact there. Wow. Yeah. Bills defensive tackle Adolphus Washington arrested on weapons charges. Good lord. Good. You know what? Give him a. You, you just don't. Go! You then you see what happened to Wilson. Stop it. <laughs> Marshawn Lynch hosted his football camp called Fam First Foundation. Over 2,000 kids attended. Awesome. Good for him. Awesome. Good for him. Panthers fan names his child Cameron Luke. In other words, Cam Newton, Luke Keckley. You're taking it too far, guys. You're taking it too far. <laughs> but man, super fans are just coming out of the woodwork. At least this guy didn't do anything to his teeth. Uh, you, but he named it. That kid's got to stay with that stay with that name the rest of his life. You know what? Chicks are gonna dig it. All right, they're gonna <laughs> dig it if the Panthers win. That's what that fan was thinking. <laughs> oh, People are gonna man. love my kid when the Panthers win the Super Bowl. Uh, Von Miller tweets that he's coming for sack leader Vic Beasley. I can see it. You never know. Vaughn? Hall of Fame, Bears defensive tackle. I saw this. Uh, Dan Hampton believes that if Jay Cutler was on on the 80s Bears, they would have won four Super Bowls. That's a bold statement. That's very bold. That's a bold statement. But they had a phenomenal defensive monster. They did have a phenomenal defense. But you know what? You know what would happen? Cutler would throw interceptions because that's what Cutler does. Don't 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 say some crazy stuff like that. You had McMahon. What what did, what did Cutler say after he threw interceptions? I think he went. Why 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 did you guys move out of the way and let no, those guys take that? No no no. He went. Guys, <laughs> Cutler had something to say. No. <laughs> that that was a recurring theme. For, for Cutler's majority of his career in Chicago. That's right. a recurring theme there. We heard a lot of that on the field. Yeah. Um, next, Carson Wentz <laughs> attempted uh, 612 passes uh, his four years at North Dakota That's State. That is. His first year as a professional for Philadelphia, he attempted 607 passes. That, wow. I did not realize he threw that many. <laughs> Run the ball, Philly. <laughs> Give his arm a break. Run the ball. Oh my God. Save his man. All right, baby. Here we go. 
I love fantasy the, time. The bear loves fantasy time, especially as we get closer to the fantasy season. It's getting more exciting. Man, you just get hungry for fantasy. I time. do. Me, I, I do. You know, I like it. I like it a lot. I thought, you know what? Because I like winning. Yeah, you did win last year. I did. Uh, fantasy four. Here we go. Number one. Who would you rather have on your team? So this is gonna be Ooh. a few questions with number Ooh, one. Demarius Thomas or Emmanuel Sanders? Go. You take this one, Biggie. I've got who I want. You know what? I'm gonna take DT. You take Demarius Thomas. I'm gonna take Demarius Thomas. Um, I like he, it. He has big play capability. He's a fast guy, but I'm gonna say not so fast. Lee Corso, oh, not so fast. No. E, e money. E money. He got good. more receptions last year than Demarius Thomas in a, a PPR league. <clears throat> like we're in, yeah, yeah. I want the I want the receptions. It's a more uh, better chance yeah, for him to make yeah. get more points, get more yardage, more scores. I like it. I do too. Stuff pick though. I it like is. It. It's, it's tough. But e money is next one. Is money. Marvin Jones or Golden Tate? Mm. You take this one first. Marvin Jones. He he was very productive for the Lions last year. Fizzled out a little bit towards the end, but they're gonna have Stafford and him are gonna have that connection now. He could have another big year. I got I to gotta agree with you on Marvin Jones simply because, you know, Golden Tate, he's just not the threat I mean, that he don't, used to be. Don't, don't knock Golden Tate. He could still be a quality guy. But he's I like, I like last Marvin Jones. numbers in fantasy, and I would know. <clears throat> I had Golden Tate for a minute. Yep. He, did, he, he was not a big producer. <laughs> All right. Broncos wide receiver selected or Lions wide receiver selected. Uh, I got to go with my Broncos wide receiver, Emmanuel Sanders, over Marvin Jones. Yeah, me too. You, you, I, I'm going to take E Money over Marvin. Well, Jones. you picked Demarius Thomas. So. I did, but I would take I would take E Manny. Well, you got to pick the wide receiver. Oh, I do. Well, I still take I still take Demarius Thomas. Okay. Then. Okay. Yeah, I still go. take Demarius Thomas over Marvin Jones. I think Demarius would make more catches, make more touchdowns. Okay. Next one: C.J. Anderson or Jamal Charles? Oh, oh God. God. <laughs> we both have the same thought, man. I um, love Dr. Pepper Jinx. You owe me a coke. Oh boy. Um. I'm gonna. Oh man, that's this so is tough. so hard. I'm gonna say CJ. I'm gonna get hurt. CJ Anderson. I'm, I'm gonna throw that out there. Um, I'll take CJ too because Jamal will be hurt in games one or two. Yeah, I mean, I Jamal Charles is a lot older. Gonna be more injury prone. I gotta take CJ. Um, CJ's gonna also got the, bigger play capability. Right. Um, Theo Riddick or Amir Abdullah. <sighs> you know, Amir didn't have a great year last year. A lot of people are saying this is his year. Theo Riddick could be that solid guy. He's more – he's not – you know, yeah. Amir's a smaller, faster guy. Theo Riddick's the more balanced. Um, I'm going to go with Amir, though. I think he has the bigger play capability. I'm going to take the gamble on Amir. Not so fast. I don't believe it. I'm not buying the hype. I'm going to go with Theo Riddick. He was a solid producer a season ago. He'll be a solid producer again, and he's yep. more than likely going to be the starter. He's going to get more time. <laughs> now, Broncos running back – Selected or Lions running back selected. So you, we pick C.J. Anderson. We either pick C.J. Anderson or the Lions running back we just picked. So are you going with Theo Riddick or C.J. Anderson? This is tough. This is real tough for me. I'm going to go with Theo Riddick. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to go with that Theo. Tough. I'm going to I'm going to go with Theo Riddick because I think he'll put up consistent numbers and also he's, he's not going to probably get hurt. <laughs> uh, listen, I, I know it sounds it sounds like a harsh reality. But over the last couple of seasons, C.J. Anderson and Jamal Charles have both gotten hurt. Yep. And Theo Riddick has been pretty healthy for the yep. most part. He's been a consistent producer. I'm going to stick with him. Um, i got to say Amir Abdul just because of the – I mean, there's injury concerns with Amir too, but I think the bigger play capability uh, He's got some speed. brings brings, He's got some speed. Um, brings me the appeal more. You know, yeah. I, it appeals to me a little more. Um, number two now, 
Last year, Matt Stafford was a late-round sleeper that delivered, even though he was without future Hall of Famer Calvin Johnson. Not quite the same player, but this year, Matt Stafford will be without last year's team leader in receiving touchdowns, Anton Bolden. Can Matt Stafford be another top-10 sleeper again this year? Yes, he can. 100% yes. Matthew Stafford not only can do it, he could, he could very well be even higher than that. He um, with the new with the weapons he's gone, got, if he stays on his feet, I think if he stays healthy, he's a top ten quarterback. He's, in he's, gonna, he's gonna be a top ten quarterback. Absolutely, fantasy. he's a good producer. Next one, number three, Jamal Charles averaging um, or average draft position is in double digit rounds. Is he a steal, or has his injury play career diminished his value? His injury. Play career has diminished his value. His completely. value is diminished completely. Yep. He is not the pick he was a few years ago. When yep. you would pick Jamal Charles, you were guaranteed. You were excited. To, you were very excited to get him, and you were guaranteed some solid points. You knew you were going to get touchdowns. Yep. It's not like that anymore. He's not in that stage in his career anymore. Well, who are some late round sleepers from the Broncos and Lions? You know what? I'm glad I did a fantasy the other night. It wasn't last night. I think it was the night before. Or the night before that. Um, Can we pick a defense? Because I'm going. <laughs> um, what I'm going to do there is for the Lions, I want to select Marvin Jones. He's going to be later in the draft. I've seen him, you know, um, back a little bit. That's a great pickup. Um, he's going to produce this year. You can't go wrong with that selection for your fantasy team. Um, for the Broncos, um, I, again, the quarterback position is in, in an interesting situation. And a lot of guys are going to sit there, you know, and say, hey, well, what happens is, like, I had this problem last year in our 16-person league. What happened was I always wait to get a quarterback. Yeah. And what happened to me, I got burnt on that because I waited too long. And I had to go with getting Ryan Fitzpatrick from the beginning. But good news was I ended up uh, doing a trade, and a guy dropped Kirk Cousins after week one. Very nice. And I picked up Kirk Cousins. Very instead. Nice. So I, I saved myself there. Yeah. So you could wait. I'm pretty sure Trevor Simeon and Paxton Lynch, whoever becomes the week one starter, is way far back, and you could wait, and it could pay off for you very well. Um, another guy would be um, the uh, Jake Butt tight end they just picked up rookie. Yeah, he could be, he, 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 and he'll be way back there he's too. Most likely going to. And why not throw? And why not throw out Virgil Green, the actual right now starting tight end? He was. Uh, yeah, you know, decent, but you know he could pick up, and it's going to it's going to depend on the quarterback. It is. That's what it comes it down is. to. Um, so th- those are the ones for me. Um, I like the Virgil Green pick uh, for sure, especially when you got two young quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. You're not really sure which quarterback situation right. is. Again, it's always good to have a solid tight end. <laughs> Keep an eye on Butt though, because he could be a good pick, he and he be, could take that starting he job. He could take that starting job, and they uh, might play two tight ends. Uh, another another player to keep in mind for the Lions is Matt Stafford. We just talked about it. Um, he's he's going to be towards the later rounds probably. Um, and there's guys I, I remember when I was drafting. There's guys like Philip Rivers, Ben Roethlisberger oh, wow. that are sitting back there. Derek Carr. Um, Philip Rivers was tremendous. Yeah. Um, Jameis Winston Fantasy. is another one. Jameis Winston and Derek Carr to me being later picks. And the draft are huge, and that could say that could really win you the championship for that yeah, year. Yeah, and you know, I know that they're not really in you know this particular you know specifically you know sleepers for these two teams. But mm-hmm. don't sleep on Jameis Winston this year. Absolutely. We talked about the Buccaneers getting yeah. a lot better. They have got a very scary offense and this year, and he's going to benefit from it. He is going to benefit a great deal. But another thing, guys, keeping it on on topic with Detroit, <clears throat> Matthew Stafford could have a huge year this year. They mm-hmm. made some major 
adjustments. They went out and they spent some money to, to get him some more protection. And it wasn't it wasn't a lot, you know. They didn't they didn't go above and beyond. They didn't right. do quite as much as I would have liked, but they did make some moves. They did pick up some offensive linemen to help them out. Right. And you don't we don't know yet, but that could be a huge difference maker. Oh yeah. And if Matthew gets the protection that he needs, he's got a lot of weapons. He could be very, very dangerous this year. Yep. Um, now fast five guys. Who do you think? will win the Broncos quarterback competition between Trevor Simeon and Paxton Lynch. I think this is a multi-answered question mm-hmm. because I think what – because what I've been reading is Paxton Lynch is on Trevor Simeon's heels. I think we're pretty close to the season now. We are. We, we are. I don't have to think. We are. We are. But I think Trevor Simeon may start out as a week one starter, maybe the couple first couple yeah. weeks. But if he doesn't perform, Paxton Lynch gets the nod. Yeah, I think, uh, I think Trevor Simeon is going to start for that team – to start week one, but he's got to perform. If he doesn't perform, he's going to get yanked so hard that yep. his head's going to spin. Yep. And keep in mind that third string quarterback, Chad Kelly. Be, Chad Kelly, is going to be waiting in the wings, just hungry to take one of those spots. You know, and it's funny that you say that. The next five five question is: Should Chad Kelly be considered for the starting gig at some point? Um, for next year, no, no, I don't, I don't think so. I think he's got a year, a couple of years, but again, this could be he could become a franchise player. So, uh, you know, I'm also going to say no. This is he, he. I don't think he's a threat to take the starting job. I think that Denver was very meticulous in picking him. Mm-hmm. I think they see potential for him to be a franchise quarterback. They're not going to take the risk of him getting hurt right. early in his career. Right. Uh, they are going to groom him. They are going to. Yeah, get him ready. Yeah, I, yeah, they're gonna want they're gonna want to wait. They're gonna they're, um, they're gonna invest some time in him, I think. Number three, who has the better chance to win their division between the Broncos and the Lions? I'm gonna tell you right now, the AFC West is arguably the toughest division of football. I'm, I'm gonna go say Lions. Lions, exactly. I'm gonna go with the, the only team I think the Lions have to worry about is your team, the Green Bay Packers. You know, I'm gonna go with the Lions, Minnesota. Uh, I, you know, they're all kinds of out of sorts right now. Yeah, they've got all kinds of controversy. You know, they didn't really make, they didn't really set the world on fire with their draft picks or or free agency moves. Matter of fact, they lost some stuff. Uh, and then you have, you've got uh, Green Bay. They're 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 going to be tough. Uh, but Detroit's been known to steal a game from yeah. from us. Once yeah. a, sometimes two games. Sometimes both games during the regular season. In some cases. Um, and then. We even have to mention the Bears. We have to, have to talk about the it. Bears are bottom feeders. The Bears, in the NFC guys, North. they're going to be the bottom of that division. Yeah, so, unless something terrible happens. And, and again, and again, you and it's not the fact that we think the Lions are going to get over the Packers. It's they have a better shot at beating the top They've one team Denver, than playing four teams that are good. Denver has got to deal with not only really three stout defenses. Yeah, uh, Kansas City defense is still really stout. They may be talking about the fact that the back end of their defense is getting a little older. It's yep. still tough. Yep. And Oakland has gotten a lot better on defense. Yep. And now you've got you've got Can you got San Diego who's pretty stout on you defense. You mean L A now? Or L A now? I should yeah. say yeah. But you've got the Chargers and they're pretty stacked yeah, on absolutely. defense as well. And and then you have three. If that wasn't bad enough, you've got three other teams that actually know where they're going with quarterbacks. Right. You've got Derek Carr who's looking to be there for a long time with all yep. that money. You've got Phillip Rivers, who's been a fixture in that division for yep. who knows how long, and he's chomping at the bit for some playoff 
uh, for a playoff push this year. Oh, yeah. And then you've got Alex Smith, and right behind him, Patrick Mahomes. It, it, the future, favorite here. The, the future for Kansas City it, with, with Alex Smith at the helm and Andy Reid coaching yep. with Pat, Pat Mahomes there, they could be good for the next few years, at least at that position. Oh, yeah. Sure. Yeah. Uh, so Denver has it really rough. I mean, they have got to run a gauntlet six times a year. Yep. Six games a year. Absolutely. I completely agree it's with brutal. that. It's um, brutal. Number four, which player meant more to their previous team, Calvin Johnson or Peyton Manning? That is a great question. I'm going to say Peyton Manning. I'm going to say Peyton Manning uh, because, again, Peyton Manning. You Well, look at it like this. Look at, look, look, at, look, at, look at it like this. What are the Lions doing right now? They're floundering. Well, they're getting back. They're getting back together. They're, they're good. They're, they're still good. a good team, and Megatron ain't there anymore. What about the Broncos? They went nine and seven. They missed the playoffs. With Peyton Manning, they went to they went to two Super Bowls and won one. Thirteen and three. Yeah. I mean, didn't they go fourteen and two the other year? Well, and Peyton Manning was getting older and starting to you know you could tell his he was starting to show his age, but at the same time that he's still a better quarterback than what they have right now. And let's not forget, let's not forget that Peyton Manning had that veteran leadership. Yep. He you, you, we he say, commanded we, he commanded that team to wins. And we talked about how we've talked about it before how great Denver's defense is and how great it was when Peyton was there. Yep. But keep in mind that Peyton Manning was like it's like having a second coach on your team. Yep. Uh, that guy is a general when it comes to leading teams. I never saw that kind of leadership out of Megatron. Yeah. Um number five. Is there a better corner duo in the league than Chris Harris and Aqib Tlaib? Um, I'm going to say no. I think that's the top. That's the top duo. Yeah, I, I, I got to agree with you. I, I, right off the bat, I, I just don't see it. Yeah. I don't see anybody topping that right now. No, and, and again, that whole defense is for Denver is phenomenal. It's great, and they're you know they're gonna they're gonna get after the guys, get after the quarterbacks. Uh, the opposing quarterbacks, the the running backs, they're going to get the backfield. On top of that, they're going to have some no fly zones. I mean, don't, um, even, don't even worry about the corner. You yeah. got to be able to throw the ball before you can worry about them. Yeah. So I mean, Denver all around is just looking like another top notch defense again. Yeah. Um, they stay healthy. They're they're going to be a problem. Their, their defense kept them in games last year. And I, I, I I'm telling you now, it's going to keep them in games again. Yep. Um. Well, that is the fast five is over there. Um. That's going to do it for us again, guys. We want to thank you for all your love and support. We want to sit. Uh, we want to tell you guys again. If you didn't comment or didn't call in, please call in. We want to hear from you. We want to hear the comments. Like our Facebook page. Get on there on Straight Football Talk. Like us. But you know what? You can even send us a message. We're going to see it. We're we going to respond to you. We, we want to hear from you. Yeah. Something else I want to bring up. Sure. Uh, you know, we're getting some some uh, shirts. Yeah. You, you know. Something to bring up. Absolutely. You know and. We're working on getting some memorabilia. We're working on giving something to the fans. Um, we're wanting a tri- like a trivia question thing. And then when you get to right, you're going to win something for free. Um, we're going to be posting that stuff on our Facebook page, Twitter page, Twitter page. Um, Instagram, Instagram, LinkedIn. Um, we're all over. We are, we are everywhere. And we want, we want to hear from you guys. We Absolutely. want you guys to be involved in the show. Without you guys, we don't have a show. So we, like, we, we love you guys. Yep. We appreciate your support. And we want to hear more from you guys. We want to know what you think about the fantasy league. Who do you think is going to be the breakout player? Yeah, and, and who's going to be the steal of the draft? Yeah, who's going to be the steal um, of the draft? Next week, we're going to be talking um, to Kendall Gaskins. I, I have confirmed that. I've we are. Um, been talking with him. I'm very, you know, 
He's a running back for the uh, 49ers. Um, very excited for him. I mean, I, I know you're excited, Big D. I'm, I'm very excited. And I'll tell you something else. We've got right after, right after that, we've got two more interviews. Yeah, you want to tell, tell people about that real Guys, quick? We've got, uh, we've got interviews with two free agents that are available right now. we got uh, Burgess. You former running back for the uh, New York Giants? Well, yeah, he was on there for a little bit, about five months. Yeah, and, um, yeah. yeah uh, David Verges. David Verges. And yeah. we also have uh, Corey Felton, Jr., yeah. a wide receiver who's uh, looking looking to get signed right now. He's, he's working out with a few teams. Yeah, and, you know, he keeps pushing. He keeps putting his stuff all over social media, and his, yeah. his footage and everything, yeah. showing off what he can do. Um, he's, he's, got, he's very impressive. He's yeah. impressive. Absolutely. Uh, and I tell you, Burgess has really impressed me. You've seen his workout. Right yeah, he's, he is, he's a jacked man. He's uh, ready to rock. Listen, guys, if, you know, if there's, if there's teams looking for, for, some, for some quality talent, Absolutely. You, <laughs> listen here, you, you've come to the right place. Yes. We're going to be hearing from them. Uh, two weeks from today. Two weeks from today, yep. we're going to be talking to them about what the free agency process is like. What's it like to be a free agent? And we're going to talk about the challenges of trying to break into the At, NFL. And, and you know what? David Virgie went through the combine process too. So we're he going to did. talk to him about we're that. Talk to him about the combine. We're um, going to find out. We're going to have official boots on the ground in yeah. a combine. Yep. And um, next week, on top of uh, the Kendall Gaskins interview, we're going to be talking uh, draft recaps for the Miami Dolphins. And the New York Football Giants. Um, very excited to talk about them. They, you know, they got some good players. We we've raved about the Giants over the last couple of weeks. So, what we'll we'll give you our synopsis of each team. Talk to Kendall Gaskins again, guys. Thank you for the love and support. Um, can't wait to uh, talk to you guys next weekend. We'll see you later. Peace. Okay. Well, I was gonna say we're good.